When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Hey guys, this is Laura Vandevoort. I played Kara Kent slash Supergirl on Smallville, and you are listening to Always hold on to Smallville. Now I've heard there was a secret chord that David played and it pleased the Lord. But you don't really care for music, do you? It goes like this, the fourth, the fifth, the minor fall. Welcome to Always Home to Smallville. On this podcast, we talk about each and every episode of The Young Superman Show that ran from 2001 to 2011 on the WB and the CW. I'm your host, Zach Moore, and we're back with our fifth Snyder Cut special. That's right, I added a couple more. Uh, I was going to wrap it up with uh, buddy Tom Elliott, but we decided, you know what? There's so many people who have so many opinions about this. we got to get some more people in here and milk this for all it's worth, because that's what Snyder Cut's all about, am I right? But it, <laughs> um, yeah. But here we are, right? So we have uh, Miss Trisha Ennis. What's up, Trisha? Hey, uh, not too much. Just just four hours of Zack Snyder's <laughs> Justice League. That's what's up. That's what's Many up. Many opinions. That's right. Uh, Mr. Tom Gerke, what's up, Tom? Hey, glad to be here again. Glad to be talking about uh, all things Justice League. There we go. And uh, we have for the first time on the podcast, Mr. Ryan Unicorn. What's up, Ryan? G'day, everybody. Thanks for having me. Now, Ryan, this is your first time on the podcast. You are lined up to come on down the road, so you will be on a, on an episode proper. Uh, but first of all, man, shout out. You, you, you rebroadcast a lot of my stuff, and I really appreciate the shout outs and stuff as you listen. Oh, I, now I'm a big fan. What, lo, it's one of those long-time listener, first-time caller situations. So <laughs> it's, I, I have to say, it was really cool to like watch you do the intro live. I was like, because I listen to you like a lot. I listen to you guys a lot. Well, hopefully uh, we live up to the hype. So they say never meet your heroes. So well, I'll try to live up to, to my reputation. But uh, but 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 right, you know, people might know you in fandom for being the creative force, shall we say, behind the Justice League Mortal documentary that's that's coming out in the in the not too distant future. So you want to expand on that a little bit? Tell people kind of what that is and where you're coming from with it. 
Yeah, well, I, I mean, first and foremost, like I'm a, a career filmmaker, and and uh, like obviously from Australia, if you can't tell by my accent. Oh, um, is that? Oh, I thought yeah, you know, it's, it's, it was yeah, either it's, it's England really or subtle. Australia. I couldn't yeah. nail it down, but thank you. <laughs> I thought it's, it was Wisconsin. It's, it's subtle. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it's it's yeah, George Miller's Justice League. It's kind of like Australia's. You know, it's it's the uh, Great White Buffalo. It's the one that got away from our film industry, basically, uh, and you you pretty much can't. Uh, poke a stick on a set anywhere here and not hit someone that's that's you know was involved at in some uh, uh, form uh, of that sort of production early on so um, it was 2012 or 2013 I think we sort of first floated the idea of uh, potentially delving into it in a little bit more depth um, and just sort of some basic interviews with people and, and general sort of discussions with cast and crew. And uh, it, the interest sort of grew from there. And then I think once the the general sort of population or, or, you know, people that are interested in this sort of thing got word of it, it, it sort of blew up and it's become this whole extra beast. And now we're, you know, <laughs> eight, eight what, what, seven years down the, the road pretty much. Um, and it's it's yeah it's been a, it's been a beast. We've been shut down a couple of times, and we've had uh, falling outs with Warner Brothers, and then <laughs> mended relationships with Warner Brothers and all kinds mm. of things. But uh, you know we we we're well on track uh, to have this would have been released Christmas this year, twenty twenty one. But 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 uh, as we spoke about off uh, off off mic, we've had a few hiccups, obviously with COVID and and a few other matters that have sprung up that. Uh, will definitely affect that uh, release date. So stay tuned in the future, I guess, for updates. On Absolutely. Well, you know, Justice League, a movie, you know, George Miller's Justice League uh, predated Zack Snyder's Justice League. Unfortunately, we never will see George Miller's Justice League, but we did get to see Zack Snyder's Justice League, so that's exciting. And, and hey, talk about relationships mended and burned bridges and remended with Warner Brothers. Man, this is, you're the perfect guy to have on this conversation. So this <laughs> Some parallels. Yeah, just a quick... I mean, I did a great segue there, but I have to stop myself because such a quick word on George Miller's Justice League. At this point, I think I would have just loved to see it happen because that was that would have come out, what, 2008, nine? Yeah, it was 2008, 2009. Yeah, because uh, that could have like like come and gone and we could have had all this stuff now and really wouldn't... I mean, who knows, right? What, who knows what trajectory things would have gone on if we would have had an alternate timeline of movies yeah. going on? And, it, and that's that was, that was sort of like a, a big part of the obsession that we sort of all... Um, became sort of obsessed with it is is in the sense of starting with the team up movie for the most part everyone's established except for for Wally West the Flash uh, and I won't spoil the story for those who who you know maybe want to go and read uh, the version of the screenplay that's out there but uh, you know they had plans for spin off movies and they were pretty much going to shoot major motion pictures in every major city in Australia and they were using Australia's tax offset and all sorts of stuff and then. You know, our government got in the way, and the writer strike, and all sorts of things, and and, and Chris Nolan, and and Chris and many, Nolan. <laughs> many other factors. Yes, good old Chris Nolan. Yeah, but it's it's just one of those things. Like it's just one of those. It's it. You know, I, I do a lot of research on films that never got made, and unused media, and cancelled media, and stuff like that. And uh, this, it, it's just beyond fascinating. It's beyond fascinating to me that we were we were this close to something this huge and expansive uh and they you know they just got cold feet at the 11th hour they're kind of like nope <laughs> yeah, t- yeah. T- t- tom do you remember any of that buzz about the justice league movie back in the day no 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 i'm nothing uh, yeah i'm looking <laughs> nothing sorry 
I am looking forward to the uh, documentary, though, when I found out Ryan was going to be on and what all he was involved with. So uh, I'm hoping everything works out as far as all the the hurdles, uh, because I'll be, you know, second or third in line. You know, I'm sure Zach will be first. (laughs) Yeah, but fickle. Tristan, do you remember any of that buzz from from back in the day about George Miller's Justice League from the director of Babe 2 picking the city? I okay, I love George Miller. You you the range to do Babe 2 and then to do Mad Max Fury Road <laughs> is just just incredible. Love George Miller. He's incredible. He's amazing. Uh his wife is his editor. I just it mm, 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 love him. So I I would definitely have loved to have seen it. I don't know if I remember. Like there's this sort of vague amorphous like yeah, I think I remember something about it, but I feel like there have been so many justice league or dc related movie rumors over the course Mm -hmm. of my existence and beyond that i just i don't i can't remember which ones i've heard of and which ones i haven't and which ones maybe i had a fever dream about (laughs) um and and vice versa but but also like 2008 2009 i was not a huge comic book person like yeah i was i had watched the movies and you know i saw superman returns in theaters and you know, I, I was involved in this stuff, but I wasn't like a diehard like I am now. So I wouldn't have been like super into the rumors at the time. Yeah, uh-huh. I think to be fair, there was there was an awful lot going on around that time. Like it was and even even like uh, just a couple of years later, there was there was uh, like they hired Will Beale to write a Justice League and they'd interviewed Ben Affleck to direct. I and remember like, that. All, yeah. all sorts of stuff. And it was like wild. There was so much like just nearly happening in the space of like four or five years it was unbelievable well let's put a pin in george miller's justice league we'll have you back on to talk about that when it comes out when your documentary comes out ryan but let's talk about Zack snyder's justice league not to be confused with joss whedon justice league which came out in 2017 uh i I think it's so perfect you can just call it justice league now like it's like that's it works out very well with his name but um, very serendipitous very serendipitous And, you know, I haven't really talked in detail with anybody here about what kind of they thought about just the Justice League. You know, I mean, obviously we have our you know, Twitter conversations and messages and stuff. But as far as the podcast goes, and, you know, if you guys have heard me, when, when it came out, I, I actually was like, well, I, I kind of like Justice League, right? And now I'm like, ooh, that was a mess. So, you know, my, my ever-changing opinions. But um, this is this is a very different film, obviously. I know people are like, it's the same movie. It's very different, uh, in my opinion. But, you know, we can, we can hash that out. Uh, <laughs> I'm looking forward to that. But... To me, it's a huge difference between what we got in 2017 and what we got in 2021. And huge improvement to me. And there's really not a lot of stuff I, I you know, I, I question, like, is there going to be stuff I miss? Because it, it's like you think about Superman 2 and you're like, well, the best version of Superman 2 is somewhere in between that Donner cut and that theatrical cut by Richard Lester. But this one, I'm like, OK, there's probably like two or three lines I liked maybe that I missed or a shot here or there. But other than that, like this isn't like, this is the better version. Like I don't really even see the need to, to make some kind of combination, but Hey, Trisha, let's start with you. What, what, what are your thoughts on, on where we were and where we are now with, with Zack Snyder's justice league? I wasn't originally going to watch Zack Snyder's justice league. Um, and I'm sure we'll get into more of this with some later conversation, but I, I'm not a big Zack Snyder fan, just in general. Um, I've seen basically all the movies that he's made. I was a weird proponent of Sucker Punch in 2009, and I have dismissed that person as a crazy person um, because that movie is garbage, but the soundtrack is great. Um, 
but so like we don't get along me and Zack Snyder we are not you know we don't have the same interests um and but for the most part like my disinterest in this film is because the fandom around it is so toxic and I recognize that like yeah there are some people who just want the movie that they wanted to see and they like Zack Snyder and you know present company I'm sure included but there was so much of it that was just absolute vitriol and just the amount of you know, hate and, uh, you know, misogyny generally spewed during all of that, you know, the quote unquote fan campaign, it just, it never sat right with me that they, that WB ended up making this film or allowing this film to be made. And, and there's a lot of like cultural consequences that I think we're going to be dealing with as a result of this of like validating horrible opinions is just it's gonna it's it's gonna be a cluster we're already experiencing some of that but I did end up watching it because a lot of you know critics that I'm friends with and that I respect were saying you know it's actually a decent movie you can it's four hours doesn't feel too horrible it moves pretty well um, and I was, and I knew that I was going to have to watch it so that I could have critical opinions without people dismissing me because, oh, well, you haven't even watched it. So I sat down and I watched it. And, you know, I mean, granted, Joss Whedon's Justice League is absolute garbage. So <laughs> whether or not this film is better, we were starting from, you know, the set, the core of the earth. So it was going to be leaps and bounds ahead of, of that crap pile. But, you know, like it. My overall opinion of the film is like, yeah, this is the better version. Um, I don't necessarily think this is a good film, um, like as a film, from the perspective of like, you would never release this in theaters. This is the assembly cut of the film. There is absolutely nothing removed from any of this. It was just like, here is literally everything from the script. So we color corrected it and added a score. And, and and there is a, there's a lot of really good stuff in it. There's a lot of stuff that I think needs to be edited. I think you have editors for a reason. And I think you have, you know, multiple cuts of a film for a reason. I don't think we can call this the director's cut of Justice League. This is the assembly cut of Justice League. There's huge things that I think you can lift out wholesale and they're just there for fan service. But there's good stuff in here. I would I I cannot wait for like three months from now for some like college film student to pirate the movie illegally and edit it into a two and a half hour film that's actually a movie. Like, I think that will be, I think there's a good theatrical movie in here, but this is not it. <laughs> uh, you know, that, that's a great point. Like, I, I would love to just become a college professor soon. So then, so then I could teach a course, show both versions of the movie, and then assign them, like, okay, here's all the elements. Go make whatever you think would be the better yeah. version. Because I, I, I love the movie. It's my favorite DCEU movie, you know, but my, my opinions about the DCU are very complicated and always changing. Um, but I hear everything you're saying. And I- <laughs> We've established over the last few years of me occasionally guessing on, guessing on this show that we have basically opposite opinions on everything. So, like, my favorite seasons of Smallville are your least favorite seasons and <laughs> vice versa. So, we're not going to agree on this stuff. But I have my reasons. Good. No, no, no. I, I love the conversation, though. I love the conversation and the takes. So, Tom, what about you, man? Uh, I, I saw on Twitter that, uh, you know, you heard our Snyder Cut Special Number 4 podcast. You agreed the most with me, which I was shocked and very surprised by. Because nobody agrees with me. We are usually, I wouldn't say polar opposites, but we... We definitely have our separate opinions. Um, but in this case, uh, for me, 
I actually liked Justice League fine. I would give it a B minus on the Smallville letter grade scale. Um, As we use here on the podcast. Thank you, Tom. Yes. <laughs> but uh, and then I would give Zack Snyder's Justice League, uh, you know, a B or B plus. Um, so it's not my favorite there. I, I think it is the better version but I agree with a lot of what Trisha just said. Um, it is it is indulgent. Uh, it is like everything that Zack Snyder wanted to put in there. You know, some of it is, I think, foreshadowing his original plans for the future, for sequels, whatever. And even knowing that he probably had a snowball's chance in hell of of getting to realize those things, he put them in there anyway. Um, so there it's a, a dead end movie with some dead end scenes and, you know, yeah, it, uh, a lot could have been probably should have been cut, but some of the scenes I liked, even though they were kind of pointless, maybe in the grand scheme of things and then some I, I hated. So, you know, I'm sure we'll get into that, but in general, I, you know, I, I've liked both movies and yeah, we'll see. I, I'm sure we'll tease out the things that we all liked and didn't like as we went on, but. Uh. Very good. Very good. So Ryan, where you land all of this, my friend? I think uh, it's it's good actually to get like some, some like well thought out uh, thoughts on it rather than just being like shouted out on the internet when you try and have a, a, any sort of conversation around it. But um, yeah, I, I totally agree with with Trisha in regards to that. It, it essentially is just an assembly cut that's been graded and um, and uh, you know vision, uh, fine vision, uh, uh, VFX put in. Um, but when yeah, in comparison to the 2017 film, I think it's it's sort of a, an apples and oranges sort of situation. It's very much um, like you can you can obviously tell the broad strokes uh, plot points that have sort of been cherry picked from Snyder's original vision and, and, and they've sort of like used that as a, a somewhat of a blueprint to try and put something half decent together with the theatrical cut, but it just doesn't work for me. It's it's too much of a um, a tonal left turn. It feels like mm. it's it's almost a parody of what it's trying to be. Um, and then obviously the colour palette. The biggest problem that I had in with the 2017 version is the colour palette. Like they've literally just put it on a timeline, grabbed the contrast and just gone ramp. Uh, it's it's literally one of the ugliest big budget blockbuster <laughs> films I've ever seen. That red that red sky at the end doesn't help either. Oh, just horrible, 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 horrible. But it's one of those things. Like uh, hyperbole aside, when I first walked out of it, it was one of those situations where I was kind of like, you know, that was that was fairly serviceable. It was a Justice League movie um, in the broadest term. Um, but I think I think yeah, like I I haven't been a huge fan of what Zack Snyder's done previously outside of the DCEU. I, I did like parts of his Watchmen. Um, I appreciated what he was doing with Man of Steel. Um, and I I kind of like most of Batman v Superman Ultimate Edition. Um, but uh, as you and I have spoken about in the past, I you know we have a, a shared uh, issue with the characterization of his idea of what Superman is and, yeah. and how, yeah. su- how Superman... Uh, you know, acts as a, as a beacon of things, but I think in contrast, yeah, if I'm contrasting the two actual films, it's it's it'd be very hard to, for anyone to say that 
Zack Snyder's Justice League isn't the definitive version of that movie, um, yeah. and a, and a considerable improvement over what was released in theaters. But yeah, I'm totally in agreement that that you could lift like maybe twenty or thirty percent of this movie directly off the timeline, and it would affect the story. Nothing whatsoever. You can you can lift the, the the flash introduction. You can lift all of the nightmare sequences. Um, yes. You can lift the the the, the manhunter finale. Uh, the 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 manhunter finale that was originally um, John Green Stewart Lantern. Green Lantern. That 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 was the only compromise he had to come to with the studio. Uh, and then they had to reshoot that with Ben Affleck because they used green fill light and stuff. Uh, practical oh, green fill light. Okay. Yeah. You know what. We're gonna talk about this stuff, but I, yeah. I wanted, I wanted. You said something there that's, that that I was interested of. I it was my understanding that back in production they shot the Ben Affleck side of things, but yeah, this was clearly they, a reshoot. But they had to reshoot it because they had because it was supposed to be a glowing Green Lantern. And they had green. Oh, that yeah. makes so much sense why they reshot. Yeah. Okay, okay. And thank they, you for that knowledge. I can't remember whether they had to digitally de-age him slightly or digitally age him up because he looks better now than he did. Whilst they were filming the actual film, but they've 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 done the the Downey Junior tricks where yes, they've gone in and, and, there is, and used the, the there's something tool. to his face that looked off to me, yeah. and that makes sense now to yeah. know that they they kind of touched it up to, to make it match. You know what? They made everything everything matched a lot better than it did in uh, Justice League. I mean, yeah, oh, right. Yeah, yeah, unbelievable. It, it's so amazing to see those side by side comparisons now of like you know the, this like the Aquaman scene, like the insert shots of this or the the brunch conversation the insert shots oh, yeah. of that right uh and, yeah. and to think you know where I, where I come down on it is it, it's tough because i um i've come to like batman versus superman more over the years but when i left batman versus superman the theater i was like whoo <laughs> you know yeah and then and then when i left justice league in the theater i was like oh okay well i, I could see more of this this is you know everybody's alive and <laughs> all the characters yeah. are here and you know it's, it's, it's a little more feel-good ending and um I, I could I understand why Warner Brothers was like we got to make a, a shift here right but but th- they just went insane in the other direction like and then of course with Zack Snyder's personal tragedy of his of his daughter uh, passing away it's a bad look for Warner Brothers uh, like uh, across the board because it's like you could have they could have released a version like as everyone is saying here this is too long like this is this yep. is this is indulgent and all those things. But as the raw material here, you could have cut this down to three hours, two hours and 45 minutes oh, and, re- and released it in the theater and yeah, saved easily. saved hundreds of millions of dollars, uh, lots of PR, uh, the fandom wars, right? everything that's happened in the last four or five years. You could have just easily avoided that. And it just it, you just scratch your head and you're like, what? What? Why, what made you think you had to go reshoot all the stuff to, to put in some silly jokes and because Marvel does it? I mean, that's the, like, I look at the I look at the theatrical and I look at this, the Zack Snyder's, and I'm like, clearly a boardroom of people sat down and said, we need to make it more like the Avengers. Let's yeah. get the guy who made the Avengers. Let's make it funny, yeah. right? It's like, yeah. you can just see it all over the, the movie. So that alone makes me happy that they... Uh, released this because because this was the original version and i just wanted to yeah. see what was intended to be released that's where i come with from with it you know even though i was like i'm not the, the i'm not the biggest banner waving fan of the ecu i might have to be in this conversation which is always a fun position to put myself in so that's fun <laughs> you know because you know lance you know as you all know lance lester uh you know he he's pretty much like this what is this not so we always have these conversations back and forth about the dcu so it's fun so i'm always taking this defending the thing that i don't even love that much <laughs> but i like it more than the people i'm talking to so it's always I, a fun I'll take place that to be. bullet <laughs> be be gentle 
there it is. There it is. I knew you were here for a reason, Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I, I thought I was going to be the lone, like, this movie is not amazing <laughs> person, so I'm actually kind of glad that I don't have to hate this movie more than I end up hating it. Because I don't hate it. I just don't think it's great. <laughs> So yeah, so that, that's where I was. So I mean, does does anybody miss anything from the Justice League cut? For me, the the biggest thing, and I guess it was, you know, understand. Zack Snyder has said like, yeah, I shot what I wanted to, and then I shot what they wanted to, and I knew that I was gonna use what I wanted to later, and I and I could see some of that because, for example, the scene after the big uh, underwater rescue with Aquaman and Jim Gordon, where he's like, just like a bat, I dig it, right? I missed it. Mm. That's like the one thing I miss from the movie because yeah. yeah, it's clearly a Zack Snyder shot scene, but I guess he like put in some comedy for the studio or something, and that's why that's there. But I'm like that to me, that was shocking. It was missing, and then really the only other thing that I was like, oh, was that not in it? And, you know, it's a four-hour movie. I might have missed it. I might have turned left or right or blinked. When Superman gets resurrected, there's there's like a shot of his eyes opening up, and it's not in this version, is there? Okay. So I guess that was a reshoot. You didn't see see his mouth, so you could easily (laughs) reshoot Henry Cavill's eyes, and it wouldn't be a problem. Um, But but honestly, y'all, those are like the only two things I was like, I I prefer that from the theatrical. Like, is is anything else stick out to y'all? Yeah, I have one one actual, like, sequence, like, relatively major point that I did miss that I didn't realize I missed until, because I haven't rewatched Justice League. I don't think you knew from my previous statements that I did not enjoy the original Justice League. <laughs> um, so I have not revisited it frequently or ever. Um, but I, like, my friend and I were talking about it, and the one thing that I ended up missing in retrospect is a lot of the big finale. That like there are huge differences with how the, the the climactic battle goes and ends, and there are things that I don't love about the way that this one uh, plays out. But um, one of the things that I really miss is um, I in the the Snyder version, I have no sense of humanity or ties to like people or Earth or anything that says like these are humans and the point of being a superhero is to save people and to help people as opposed to to fight this horny bad guy um you know like so like the the whedon version one of the things i think that whedon does very well and i am not going to compliment joss whedon very much um especially given recent events but he does understand like humanizing like major forces and um and the whole climactic battle in the original version the theatrical cut um I'm not going to call it the Justice League, much to <laughs> that, um, chagrin, I'm sure. But it's so perfect. Uh, uh. No, if you are a middle-aged dad. Um, <sighs> the, <laughs> that's, me. that's me, I'm a middle-aged there you go. dad. <laughs> uh, is, the thing that I miss is, is like that there were, there were humans. There was a human like cost. There was a threat to people in the Joss Whedon version. So the thing that I, I think I most missed was like the just save one element. Mm. Of the, like I know there were a lot of people that didn't like the weird Russian family that you know nothing but like I I did like that part and you know of of Barry saving like doing this one thing and that proves to him that he's a hero rather than I'm gonna break space like okay I get it but and there's some cool stuff like there's some cool visual effects stuff there's some cool Barry Allen stuff although if we're really gonna get into Barry Allen stuff he needs to stop running that fast um, you know, so there's some cool stuff in, in what Zack Snyder was doing, but it doesn't humanize these characters. And, and especially someone like the flash, I think needs to be 
the human, one of the human versions of our people within the Justice League. Like, it's not about giant, you know, horrible stakes, even though he is the one that breaks time. You know, it's just save one. It's just save this family. It's just do this one thing and you can prove that, you know, you can do something good. Um, and there are no human stakes. I have no sense of where I am at the end, like I, or throughout any of the Steppenwolf stuff. So I think that's my main complaint is that like, there's not enough people. There's not enough like humanity in the film. There's more than I think I expected from a Zack Snyder joint. Yeah. Um, fair. There's, there's more people and there's more humanity and there's more hope than I think I've ever had in a Zack Snyder movie. And, and I appreciated that. Um, but there's, there's just not enough human connection, um, which I did miss. I, I hear there. I, Glad you brought up the just save one. That's something I, you know, this is over, this is like six plus hours of material here. So <laughs> sift through your brain, but uh, you're right. When Batman is like, just save one, right? And he does it. I think that's him being the leader, uh, you know, being the veteran guy, you know, and Flash is a rookie, uh, you know, give or take. Uh, so that is one thing I missed as well. And I, I cannot defend the Russian family, but I understand what you're saying about there being stakes. Uh, but I guess what I've come to like, I should title this like how I learned to stop worrying and love Zack Snyder's DCU. It's like I th- he's he's not interested in that ever. Like Man of Steel, that's a that's a complaint of mine. I'm like, there's just three people running around in Metropolis and then it gets completely devastated. And I'm like, well, that's kind yeah. of a my my main complaint about Man of Steel because like I I could give or take the next snap Zod thing. I do not like the head chopping at the end of uh, Justice League. But okay, okay. I, I can give her I can give or take the Zod thing. Like you can give me an argument where that makes sense because he is saving someone and it is Zod. And if you don't want to do the Phantom Zone, those are your two choices. But the thing that bothered me the most about Man of Steel, other than like I was very tired by the end of the movie, and other and is like is the Kents. There's no humanity in the way that the Kents treat Clark's powers. Um, it's all like, yeah, you let those kids on the bus die. Let me die in a tornado. We've talked about this in the past, but. Um, is that stuff, but it's also like that there's no, they, they don't use the Daily Planet people, which is the humanizing force of Superman. Um, you know, it is the people around him that keep him grounded and make him human, and they're not there. So, yeah. I see, I see. Now, Tom, Tom, I, I know you want to respond to that, but also, if you, you know, why don't you do that? And then if you have anything you miss from theatrical as well, we can follow with that, but please. <laughs> no, I, the, yeah, I get, I understand the characterization for Man of Steel where, you know, the cancer, you know, Pa Kent is, yeah, let the kids die or, or whatever. But <laughs> I F them kids, I, quote Michael yeah, Jordan. But. <laughs> yeah, I, I didn't take it that way. And I, as a, a father uh, of kids myself, I, you know, there is a, a certain amount of confusion um, where, you know, you want to teach your kid to do the right thing, um, but you also want to keep them safe. And sometimes those things don't uh, completely mesh very well. So um, when, when Jonathan Kent says that, I, I didn't, seemed to me like he said it with conviction um it was you know yeah i am you know you did a good thing but i am concerned blah 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 blah. uh but you know you you watch these movies from various perspectives and you come out with it with 
whatever you come out with and it's not wrong. So I didn't take it that way, but I completely understand why, why others did. And it's, it's different than, uh, you know, Jonathan Kent from Smallville or, um, you know, the comics characterizations or, or whatever. So, um, and part of it, I've all wondered if, because right now the people making these movies are Gen X, you know, middle-aged white men, um, which is me. So I understand that perspective, um, even though that may not completely match my sensibility. Um, it's like, I, I understand where they were coming from, um, even if it, I may have thought it was not the best choice to make. But um, as far as things that I miss, uh, I, I once again agree with with Tricia um, that you know save one. Uh, I, I rewatched Justice League, uh, Justice League, um, <laughs> earlier this <laughs> afternoon. Sorry, Tricia, she's. <laughs> hiding her face it's just it's just too perfect it's just, it's just it's, you just have to change you just have to change one letter add, just you're change also one. adding letters it's, just, it's so cringy <laughs> <laughs> we're sorry um, i'm i'm not a, yeah i'm not afraid to be cringy uh anyway the uh but no i agree with that because it was a a sweet moment uh, for, for lots of reasons. And, you know, Trisha covered that well. Um, the only other thing that I realized that I missed is, is a stupid one-liner. It's kind of like, uh, um, you know, the Aquaman line, but, uh, <laughs> where, uh, Cyborg says booyah at the end, cause mm. I'm a big Teen Titans go fan. So, um, you know, I missed it but it's a nothing line. It's throwaway. It doesn't, you know, didn't bother me. It's his catchphrase from the comics though. So it, it made sense to be there. I, there's actually, yeah, apparently there's been some controversy around him even saying that in the movie, but yeah. I, I, if, if you yeah. know where the character comes from and what his catchphrase is, it's really not that it's not what it might be construed as, as has been said in the, in the controversy, but good call there as well. Uh, so Ryan, what about you, man? Anything you're like, Oh man, I missed that in this four hour movie. I wish there was more. Well, I think, I think, yeah, for me, I think I'll echo, you know, your, everyone else's thoughts in regards to the, um, dress like a bad, I dig it scene. It pays off the beginning. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it, it pays it, but, off but, the whole setup. And I mean, it also mm -hmm. sort of, it, 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 it reaffirms the existing relationship between commissioner Gordon and, and Affleck's Batman and stuff like that. So, and, and as a, as a, 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 a Batman fan as well, obviously that makes me happy to see because yeah, there was there was obviously plans for uh, Affleck's Batman after this years and years ago <laughs> that that never panned out. So, um, but no, I think the only thing for me and I and and people will rip me to shreds for saying this publicly, but I as much you know I absolutely <laughs> adore adore the 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 black suit, but it thematically it makes so much more sense for him to be in red and blue it's just silly to me like I, I admittedly love the movie the four hour cuts you know take it or leave it but but uh, I think the thing that I missed the most that was featured obviously the entirety of the Justice League was was the coloured costume um, 
and and you know I've 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 been in some Twitter spats already already about uh, <laughs> uh, back and forth about like you know what why he chose ch- chooses to use that suit and obviously it's it's there's a history of a version of that costume in, in the in the comics and we've seen that across a heap of different um, forms of media but I just I think just th- thematically like the whole. Uh, idea of bringing Superman back to me should have been about you know they needed a, a poster child for like what they were about and that should have been to me that was should have been the driving force about why they wanted to to bring him back and you and I have spoken about this because they kind of use Superman across all three of these movies as like a weapon of mass destruction like the government's worried about him and the people are worried about him and Batman's mm. worried about him uh, and then the decision to bring him back decidedly is just we need we need someone that can punch harder than the rest of us, basically. Right, Ryan. If, if anything, he should have been wearing the black suit up until now. <laughs> that yeah, might exactly have made more right. sense. Like, but it, it, you know, and it would have been an easy fix to just even have him in the red suit for the shirt pull at the end. Um, you know, it, it's just I don't know. It's, it's something small, um, but I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I was skeptical of the black suit when I knew it was going to be recolored because yeah. I've, I've said, we've talked about this, I think, and then I've even said it online, like, you know, the black Superman suit is not a black Superman suit. It is a, like, resurrection recharge. He's got gauntlets. He's got silver boots, right? It's a different he's thing. He's got There's a no mullet. Ca- <laughs> he's a mullet. There's no cape. You're right. I, I mean, those are all very essential. So if you're going to do yeah. it, do it. And I understand the studio. He wanted to do it. The studio told him no. He said, "Well, I'll just recolor it and post." And yeah, fine. Yeah. I mean, but the, we we saw a black Superman suit in the, that that nightmare sequence of Man of the Steel. The problem. So. so there was a reason for the black suit that they're calling back to, but they didn't explain it. And he walks mm-hmm. by a, a a color suit when he's going through his, you know. Kryptonian walk-in closet of you know costumes. So, and why would he pick the black one versus the you know red and blue? Because he's sad. I guess I you know it didn't it it didn't bother me because I knew the history. But if you don't, if you're just there for Superman, you know. So I guess question for the the filmmakers the Zack Snyder black and white version see this is my concern of of that version which is uh, you know justice league in my mind is all about the color the color palette the you know you've got batman who's in in black you've got aquaman who's in orange whatever goldish orange red. yeah yeah it's like it's orange-ish. blonde more than anything yeah no, we'll go with that. Yeah. Which, yeah. But, you know, it's there is a there's a palette. And if you suck all of the color out of it, like they did with the black suit, I, I think that's a problem. But maybe that's a, a different discussion for another time. But since since I think I kind of tie it to the black suit um, in my mind, I've well, you're, you're an artist, man. You understand <laughs> these things. So sure. <laughs> I will go with that. The, the thing, yeah, the thing with the black suit is, is like, okay, you did it, but I think, uh, you know, you mentioned it, Ryan, at the shirt rip at the end, he should have had the Absolutely. red and blue again. Like, it, uh, and since since they never explain it either way, we'll just we'll all understand, like, oh, okay, well, he was back at that, and now, and now, and that's actually one of the things that I'm like, I wish you could have had more explanation for, like, how is Clark Kent back to doing his thing at the end? He's just walking around in glasses, like they went out of their way to show us there was a headline 
at BBS that Clark Kent died and everybody went to his funeral and he's dead and he's just walking around the street. Like, I I expected the Snyder Cut in these four hours to tell us why, you know, explain how Clark Kent was back to normal. Well, if they'd have explained that and they, if they'd explained the, the black suit, it would have been a five-hour movie. So maybe they did cut some stuff out. Call in Amy Adams to do some kind of voiceover to kind of cap it all off, right? I mean, it's that, that's that's what she did at the at the theatrical version. Just have her do that for this, and I don't know. I I just that was odd to me. So anyway, I agree. I miss the red and blue, and and I made the, especially at the last shot of if nothing else. So and you're right, Tom. I think we you know on Twitter we were talking about this. You're like he just showed, Superman just came back. You know, if you're watching the black and white version, you you can't tell that he's wearing a different costume. So. Oh man, Superman! Well, let's let's segue into that, right? This is a you know uh, Superman podcast. You know, believe it is or not, it? no tights, no flights, dude. <laughs> Who am I to talk about costumes anyway? I'm the last guy. You know, at least Henry Cavill's wearing one, right? So his return and and and, and everything that that entails, right? There's the something. It is funny because even though like okay, I've I've accepted what they're doing with the DCU and Superman. Although I, I still stand, and I've said this. This is my one consistent thing I've said about the DCU for years. Like, Superman is the one thing that I that I like the least that they've done <laughs> because I just like I I don't like this interpretation of the character. Superman was a beacon. Actually, I don't think they say that in this one. They say it in the theatrical version. But it's like all this talk about how he's going to come restore hope. I'm like, everybody pretty much hated him <laughs> in the last couple of movies. Like he had his fans. They right? blamed him for blowing but, up Congress. Yeah, that was never, I mean, I guess that was, Lois wrote some expose, maybe, but the fact, even if the facts change, we know in the real world, if people blame you for stuff, and like, later on, it's like, actually, he didn't do that, like, you're still like, yeah, but I think he was probably, like, how many conspiracy theorists are gonna be, hate Superman still, right? I don't know. So, that's right, that's right, coming off on, on the Superman thing, where it's like, is he really this, like, in this movie in a vacuum, right? It's like, oh, yeah, it's super, I know Superman from all the other versions, and sure, when he comes back, it's gonna be great, but in this universe, it's like, is that... Is that really going to make people feel better? Make a lot of people feel worse, right? So I, I don't know. That's that's where I stand on the Superman thing. Like, obviously, they had to resurrect him. And I know people were like, he's not in it very much. I'm like, that's a good thing because th- that actually adds some stakes to him having died <laughs> in the last movie to, to have him come back so quickly. And, uh, you know, it's, it's well, they shouldn't have killed him off so soon anyway in these movies, but that's its own <laughs> that's its own conversation in my opinion. Yeah, so, so him coming back, like, I, I definitely, his not impressed was way better than, like, they're ripping off the Superman 2, like... I'm a big fan of justice too. Da, da, da. <laughs> like that was so weak. Um, so where do you, where do you guys, uh, Ryan, let's start with you, man. Where, where, where do you, where do you stand on his resurrection and where, what the future holds for him? Maybe. Uh, well, like I said before, it was, yeah, it's his his characterization has always been a weak point for me. Uh, starting from man of steel all the way through. It just doesn't, he just doesn't hit me as Superman and he never has. Like he looks the part, um, you know, oh, it definitely looks the, the part. Yeah. 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 looks the part for sure. But, uh, it's yeah. Well, I mean, he literally looks like you know Alex Ross drew the guy, um, but it's it's one of those things. Like yeah, I've, I I was a, a fan of Man of Steel to a point, and I think it's like a really great science fiction movie, and it's probably like one of the the best movies with Superman in it. But it's not one <laughs> of the best Superman movies, if that makes sense. That makes um, perfect sense to me. That's yeah, very well said. <laughs> yeah, and uh, and 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 I get I get flamed online for this all the time because it's Henry Cavill is is fairly low on my list of, of great Supermans. But um, you know I've I just have an issue with the way that they they treat the guy. Like like we've all grown up with Superman. We've we've seen Superman across a hundred years of different mediums, 
and and to, to just seem reduced as like the strong guy you know it's it's the and there's all this there's all this talk about like you're saying you know it's it's about you know there's there's whatever he says there's seven of us not six without him we're no, nothing or whatever it is that he says that ben affleck says at the the little um discussion about bringing him back i'm like really like you knew the dude for like a couple of days and then you were about to kill him and then like an hour later he got killed by something else and this has instilled some you know massive change in character um you just stop swearing on people's graves that's bruce wayne's yeah. biggest problem yeah, yeah like and i and i, and I, <laughs> I a promise I, on his grave yeah i guess i can buy that on like a like a one-to-one like personal relationship level but to see you know the the movie opening with um you know all these big you know monuments of the the superman shield on on you know tower bridge in london and and all sorts of stuff and i'm, I'm like really like we we didn't see any of that. We saw we saw nothing of the character being revered anywhere around the world, except for I guess like the the cutaway to like the Day of the Dead thing in in mm. uh, BVS. But I'm like I'm like, is he really that revered a person like on Earth? Because that wasn't presented to us in any way, shape, or form. Um, you know that that would make me believe that the world is mourning this great loss of someone that they they essentially poo pooed for the entire time that he was <laughs> alive um and and you know out as superman but um yeah i just i just that's that's my biggest issue is is that the decision to bring him back wasn't based around leadership or ideals or you know we need to you know lead the world you know the the world needs light or something like if if the world had fallen into darkness after he died rather than already being in darkness um And they, you know, they needed a beacon of hope. That beacon of hope that they they keep talking about. Um, I feel like that would that would have made much more sense. Um, but as for how they did it, I, I, you know, I'm fine with that. I really like all the flash yeah. scenes and the flash time stuff. Um, that the the, the the whole picture falling into the liquid makes more sense now because yeah. it's like that was there to show you. Yeah, how time goes back and forth. Because in the theatrical, I'm like, that's weird. I, I, why would you de- consciously destroy the picture he has of his dad? And it's, it's very disrespectful. But now I understand. Yeah, just, it, it, yeah, it was just, it was just a bit of a missed opportunity for me. And it, and it, it's, I can, I can, you know, on a baseline level, I can really enjoy the movie for what it is, and that it's someone else's vision, and this is a different, a completely different um, characterization of like a character that we obviously all love and I can appreciate it on that level. Uh, but it's definitely not the way that I would have liked to have seen things done. Um, you know, if, if they, you know, hypothetically they did get to make a justice league two and three before this came out, like they were, you know, that was going to be the plan if Superman had died and, the, and then the nighttime sequence happened and, you know, they didn't have a Superman to beat dark side and all that kind of stuff. And then their last ditch effort was a rip to, to bring him back to help them survive long enough to send Flash back in time to stop Superman from dying. That sort of makes more sense to me because mm, it's like yeah. he, he, he is the world's real last hope in that regard. But um, I don't know. I can like it for what it is, but I definitely had problems with it for sure. Gotcha, gotcha. So so let, let me respond to that and, and, and toss it to Tom here because like like what we've been saying, I, I know Tom Tom and I are of different minds about, about it as, as well as far as this interpretation of Superman, but I will say I don't necessarily mind... Like, oh, people are afraid of him and the government wants to control him. Like, okay, but like we didn't, we needed 
we did more steps to get here from Man of Steel. Like, like as a setup, I'm like, that's fine. But I want to see, I need some more, like, he has been accepted by the populace, and then they feel the loss instead of, like, he's this huge lightning rod of controversy, and then he dies, and then everyone's like, oh, we need to have him back. So that not necessarily, like, a flawed from Man of Steel, per se, but we just needed more connective tissue between to get from there to here. So what were your thoughts, Tom, on all that? Uh, yeah, well, first... I- as the DCEU banner carrier for the <laughs> this episode, um, I I do have to agree. It it is all of the movies. If there is one criticism I have, is that it's um, it's compressed. It, it's uh, somebody is trying to fit in too much of their vision into uh, you know a two hour block of time. Um, too many characters, too many plot points, too many effects, you know, whatever it's going to be um, so that you see cool stuff maybe, um, but it's not earned necessarily. So um, back to what uh, Trisha mentioned earlier with, uh, you know, Flash breaking time, you know, he's, he's the rookie on the team characterized at the beginning of the movie um but then yet he's key to to making everything work he botches that because you know he gets shot but then he pulls this uh, you know deus ex machina out of his you know flash suit and turns back time and it's all good um and it's not earned so um we can get into the that more into the flash section but uh, as far as superman goes I don't mind the characterization because in in my mind, I always kind of encapsulate these things into uh, in a vacuum. I, I have my ideal and then I have, oh, this is the story that they're telling. And this is the character that this is. So, you know, there are some basics. Did he come from a planet called Krypton? <laughs> Did it explode for reason X, whatever that might be. Um, did he land in Kansas? Was he raised by, you know, Martha and Jonathan Kent? You know, you, you check all those basics and then from there. Free game. Tell the story. Yeah. Tell the story you want to tell. Um, all I ask for is that in there be some sort of internal consistency in the storytelling. So, when I have an issue with a movie or series of movies, it's because they they lack that consistency. And I tend to judge whether I like the movie or not kind of on, on those things. Was the story that they were telling compelling or did it resonate with me or or whatever and and then it's okay you know it's not going to be compelling to everyone it's not going to resonate with everyone and if somebody says i didn't like man of steel because i don't like that version of superman um that is 100 valid you know criticism i am not going to argue with somebody on the internet or in real life that they are wrong <laughs> but those are always so much way. fun tom and so oh yeah the the, 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 <laughs> the the good thing that i found about arguing on the internet is you can always convince someone else <laughs> your point of view easy yeah and it's a very worthwhile endeavor <laughs> you just you just don't accept no for an answer you just yeah yeah no. you just keep going until somebody breaks <laughs> so but uh but yeah i mean i 
so here, you know, he is not, uh, they're trying to sell him as the beacon of hope or whatever, but you know, you guys aren't wrong in that he's, he's the strong man. You know, every team's got to have the muscle guy and that's the way they're positioning him here. And I, you know, would I have, would I have done that if I were in charge? No, uh, probably not. But if they're consistent in that characterization, or if there were some additional movies where they go, Oh, well, let's add some depth to this character. And he's not always the strong guy and he is, you know, uh, you know, whatever, however he fits in, um, you know, all of these characters in justice league have their own, um, slice of the, the team high, you know, um, if he's just the muscle, I don't find that particularly interesting, but I can kind of accept it based on, you know, as long as they're being consistent with that. Um, Cause I know there'll be another movie down the line somewhere or there'll be a comic book or there'll be a TV show, you know, Superman and Lois is a, is a reasonable alternative. Uh-huh. If you prefer that version of Superman, you know, it's, um, yeah, there are a ton out there. So anyway, that's yeah, that's ultimately I think that's you know joking about arguments on the internet, right? All aside, it's like that's there's something out there for everybody. It's like okay, well, you know, and that's fine. Like that's that's good. That there's different shades of stuff for everybody, and we, there's no need to be like, but this isn't my Superman, but that's you know that's what we devolve into, right? Um, but hey, Trisha, I know what you're going to say. You're going to say we need more Jimmy Olsen, I think. Uh, yes, we need Jimmy Olsen to actually be named and not be killed in the first five minutes of Batman v Superman <laughs> as a weird CIA agent played by the same guy who played the clone of Lex Luthor's brother in Smallville. Um, but I love it. And he would have been a great Jimmy Olsen. Um, but yeah, yeah, yeah I do. I do think we need more Jimmy Olsen. I think we need more Jimmy Olsen in all forms of life, just in general. You know, I have some of my Superman's pal Jimmy Olsen's um, framed behind me. But um, the um, in terms of Superman, though, I mean, I, I I echo a lot of what Ryan was saying about, like, just this characterization just doesn't work for me. I don't think it works for a lot of Superman fans. And I think all of that is fair. I also think that it's fair to say that, like, I mean, yeah, the characterization is at least consistent. So I wasn't, like, going into this movie thinking like, well, now Superman is going to be the character that I always <laughs> wanted him to be. Um, but at the same time, and, and I'll get into this more when we talk about the nightmare stuff, but um, is that I just, I don't, I do have my opinions about what Superman should be. And yes, I'm going to be critical and, you know, obnoxious about this isn't the version that I would have liked, um, you know, when that <laughs> happens. But at the same time, like, I understand that they're like, it's it's the point of comics. This character's existed for, you know, all, almost a century, like over 80 years. This character's existed and has had very different interpretations and some that I really liked and some that I really haven't. And every once in a while, Grant Morrison got to write him and it was confusing and um, <laughs> like, you know, so there, there are different versions. There are different iterations. There are people whose interpretations of Superman. I liked people whose interpretations of Superman. I didn't like, there was that one time relatively recently where he decided to, you know, say, I'm not going to be an American citizen anymore and, you know, have that kind of commentary. So like, there are, 
there are different versions of Superman and that's the point and that's what's fun about comics is that you can, you know, reimagine these characters and do cool and fun things with them. Um, but all that being said, I would like that the people who are interpreting this character that I really do like and have grown to like a lot more, you know, in the last decade or so, uh, I would like them to, to like him. Um, which I don't think Zack Snyder likes Superman. I, I don't think he finds him interesting. Um, he, I think, I don't know if he said it specifically, but he very obviously wanted to make Batman and Warner was like, no, we just, we just did that. We have, we have this other guy. You can make this movie. And then like later, maybe you can have Batman <laughs> because he does some great stuff with Ben Affleck's Batman. I actually really like Ben Affleck's Batman. Same. He's my favorite. Yeah, same same like I was shocked at how much I loved Ben Affleck's Batman, even though I didn't like the movies he was in. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think Henry Cavill is great. Um, I think he actually would be a pretty decent Superman, but I just, I just think he needs to be given to someone who really likes Superman and really wants to make a good Superman story, regardless of who that is and what that interpretation is. Um, you know, let Zack Snyder go off and make his cyborg movie, you know, or something to that effect. Um, right. And I, and I think that opinion, you know, pulls through the thread of this film and of bringing Superman back. Like, there are, there's a part of me that's like, did, did we need to bring him back? Like other than the plot right. reason to bring him back, did did you did you actually need him? Because he was mostly just there to sort of like hold the door open, um, <laughs> while other people did the things that they were doing. Like he was there to be muscle. He didn't, you know, deliver the final blow. He didn't, you know, do a, a whole ton other than show up and be in the movie. And um, so I don't know that that he was even necessary, and that we needed to bring him back in this fashion, like if you're going to do the death of Superman, maybe you don't bring him back right away or, or something. Mm -hmm. Maybe you leave that for the next movie. Maybe Mm -hmm. that's where you end the film. It's like, all right guys, we're going to bring him back. So I don't know. I just don't, I I like a lot of things in this film. I wonder if it was necessary at the end of the day because of how little I think it really affected much of anything. I, I agree with the, the sentiment that like, you know, he's not being brought back to be the great hope. Um, which is actually something that this season of Supergirl seems to be doing is, you know, making it as, you know, she's gone. And now we have to di- we have to deal with this idea that like hope is also disappearing and we need to bring back this symbol of hope that they're not doing that in this film because he never really was a symbol of hope. He was just sort of this larger than life Christ-like figure um, for a Jewish superhero. And it's, you know, so there's there's a lot of that that I think is missing from making it feel learned and, and worth it. You know, you said something interesting there about maybe they should have ended it where they said, let's bring Superman back, right? And if you think about it, uh, if you were to split, if you wanted to keep all four hours of this movie uh, and then split into two parts, actually, that's, you know, the, the end sequence, uh, uh, the end of the first film would be the sequence where they their fight Stefan Wolf under the water, right? And Aquaman joins up and there's a big action sequence and they escape, right? And then after that, they have their discussion about like, I know we're all thinking it, right? And that then you could have done like, to be continued, right? In <laughs> so, Jack Snyder's Justice League Part 2. So what's interesting is, in for all the people that have asked me now post me watching it, like, oh, you know, it, what's, you know, can you sit through it? What is it? And I'm like, yeah, there's actually like a really obvious point at which to put the intermission. You know, and mm. it is that point. It's right before they yeah. bring back Superman where there's like, and, you know, we we end this part and I'm like, great, time to go to the bathroom. Like, <laughs> this is the right moment to do that. This is a good stopping point. I can sit for five minutes and 
Um, you know, so if if this was, you know, on VHS on the two tapes, that would be <laughs> the you know, second where tape. the first tape ends. <laughs> The Titanic, you know, um, my two disc version of Pearl Harbor, It, you know, so <laughs> I think that I, I yeah, I mean, if you were to do it in two parts, I hate two part movies. I'm very mad at Harry Potter for doing that to us um, <laughs> because I just I, I want to sit and see a whole story. I yeah. don't want to have to yeah. come back. Right. Um, but yeah, I agree with you that that would be, you know, that would have been a good place to split and make a second film. Not that we needed all four hours of this film. <laughs> right yeah and um yeah about, about superman like coming back right and and the, he is the same character he was before he died in this as opposed to the theatrical version trisha uh where he comes back and he's uh is this guy still bothering you slow poke and then like at the time i was like is this what i want maybe <laughs> but no it's not no it's it's not what i want at all uh because it's like it's like it's such a clear like well people didn't like dark superman what we i know we'll make him talk like he's from the 30s <laughs> it's like like, hmm. Um, so that was too much of a recalibration. And t- talk about consistency, right? Because because the problem with the theatrical version was it wasn't consistent with the movies that had come before, and or it wasn't itself. consistent within itself. Yeah, yeah there's this, the, the scenes like, something's definitely bleeding. Like, that's well, the worst. It's the worst. Well, yeah. I don't, I don't so. know a single person who knows enough about these films and about these filmmakers who walked out of Justice League and didn't go, so I know exactly which parts were the Joss Whedon parts. <laughs> right, <laughs> exactly. Oh, man, but... Um... Yeah, just just about you know, I, I guess talking about the the finale though, as far as Superman's concerned, because that, that's a good that's a good point to to spring off of for a minute. Uh, I did like how because the criticism of Superman is like, well, he can just do everything everybody else can do, so why why do you need anyone else? The great thing about the the climax of Zack Snyder's Justice League, and that's probably why it's my favorite DCEU movie because it has the best climax, in my opinion, of any of these movies, uh, because every team member has their own job to do right. Like Batman is well, as Batman does in these movies, he's shooting. Guns, because everybody knows that's his number one weapon of choice. Uh, I've come to accept. Uh, See, growing it was up on the in Keaton- <laughs> back in the original comics. He's obviously only taking this from the original, like twelve issues where Batman shot people. <laughs> it's nineteen thirty nine. But as someone who, who grew up on Michael Keaton's Batman, yeah. right? As someone who grew up on Michael Keaton's Batman, Ben Affleck's Batman shooting people. I'm like, okay, that's fine. My two favorite Batman do that. Cool. Um, live action Batman, right? But then the Flash is running around trying to generate the energy. Cyborg is pulling apart the the, the, the cubes unity. and trying to access them. The praise to the unity. And then um, <laughs> Wonder Woman and Aquaman are f- your physical, like your strong men and women, right? They're fighting off, you know, Steppenwolf, right? Uh, so everybody kind of has their role to play, right? And uh, and then Superman comes in and he kind of puts the tide in their favor because he's able to overpower Steppenwolf because he's way... It, it's. It, they make it pretty clear because you because even me I'm like do we need Superman we have Wonder Woman <laughs> like she is basically Superman but you know better and she you know talks to kids after she saves the, you know she she seriously like that's that's a huge thing like people are gonna say like it's not a big, it's a big deal to me it is because you know she does that whole she stops those terrorists and then she goes over and talks to the little girl I'm like that's what Superman should be doing right I need Chris Reed to tell me that statistically speaking flying is still the safest way to travel I need that because that's that's kind of cornball but that's who he is right um, so anyway. You see that, but then you, you, of course, when the best scene in the movie is when Superman fights the Justice League, still is to me. And you see why, oh no, Superman's way more powerful than, <laughs> than even Wonder Woman. So you can tell, you need that to tell why you need him to fight the guy. But yes, everyone is right that he has been kind of reduced to like, we need a stronger guy. Like, we let's need get someone the Hulk. to punch he's good. Big, yeah. <laughs> he's the Hulk. <laughs> yeah. Superman smash, right? But, you know, again, I seem to be, uh, you guys. All have great points. So again, to quote <laughs> Trisha, you know, 
if your bad guy is Steppenwolf, you don't need Superman. Uh, Wonder Woman does the job. You know, her, she and Aquaman at the end here uh, do the job just fine, if not extra violently. <laughs> but um, so you guys, well, we'll put a pit in that because because I think we have all th- of things to say. Sure. But please continue. Yeah. <laughs> um, but then you know, for uh, Dark Side you know, you probably want a Superman. So yeah, to be continued, let's, well, dark side is coming. Let's go get our big gun. Um, and, and, you know, so I think, I think that completely works. To, yeah. To your point about uh, the violence at the ending, I see, I have no problem with one Roman killing people. Cause she's a warrior. Um, and she decapitated Stephen Wolf. Patricia, what yes. are your thoughts on this? Okay, I have big problems with Wonder Woman killing people. Not because <laughs> I don't think that Wonder Woman should kill people, because I wanted Wonder Woman eighty four, also a pile of garbage, to um to yes. to be OMAC project. I wanted it to end with her killing Max. Snap his neck. Yeah. Yes. Be- but here's here's my problem, and this was summed up very well. I'm fully going to steal this from Mary, uh, who goes by Sapphic Geek on uh, on Twitter. She was, uh, you know, talking about this scene, trying not to spoil it at the time, but uh, but talking about, like, why Wonder Woman killing in this... Well, I don't know if she's talking about this scene, but she was talking about Wonder Woman killing in the movie and how she just sort of is kind of blasé about it. But specifically talking about the head slicing at the end is that it's unnecessary um, because they're sending him through the portal. So she's just cutting off his head in the heat of the moment, I guess, um, have sword will travel, I guess, but, um, yeah. you know, so she's just doing it to do it. But the, the thing with wonder woman and killing is that wonder woman only kills when she has to, right? So like the whole idea is that wonder woman is more powerful than basically everybody, but Superman. And as a result, you know, there's, I, I'm never going to be able to quote it correctly, but there's like that very famous quote from Gail Simone's run on wonder woman, where it's like, don't kill if you can pacify. And he was going through the portal. There was no need for her to kill anyone. And the thing that I'm going to steal from Mary on Twitter is that in the comics, when Wonder Woman kills, for example, in OMAC Project, when she snaps Max Lord's neck, which is also technically in the Wonder Woman run part of it. but And, ju- and Justice League Mortal. Yes. I forgot Max Lord was the villain in Justice League Mortal. Then, yeah. Ryan, good call. <laughs> There are huge consequences for her. Like, she gets kicked out of the Justice League. It nearly destroys the Amazons. Like, the follow-up to that story is Amazon's attack. It's the world turns on Themyscira because Wonder Woman kills Max Lord. Like, and there are other examples, too, that I can't cite, you know, chapter and verse the way that she can. So, like, if you can, go find that um, that thread on Twitter. But there are consequences to Wonder Woman killing. And there are no consequences in this film to Wonder Woman killing. She's just killing. And then, you know, after he flies through the portal and his head tumbles in after him, it gets smushed. So he was going to die anyway. Like, there was no reason for it to happen. So it bothered me. Ryan, thoughts on that? No, I can, I can agree to, a, to an extent for sure. Like, it's, it definitely felt unnecessary. But I think it was more to the point of, like, an exclamation point. Like, they're sending a message to Darkseid and his forces, essentially, uh, in that moment. Like, like, there's an understanding of, like, what the threat is and... Um, obviously they don't really have the context of, of, you know, him losing to, or not really, but the context of him losing to Ares and stuff like that, uh, when he, when he first attacked Earth as, as Uxus or Uxus, however you pronounce it. Um, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, no, just, it's, it's interesting that you bring up the, the Wonder Woman no kill thing, cause it just segue for a quick second into Justice League Mortal. 
and the and the parallels there. Like they they the whole setup for that is Maxwell Lord obviously she gets in with the the lasso of truth and she says like what do we need to do to stop you because at this at that point in the screenplay is mind control and Superman and uh, and he he literally says I I won't stop unless you kill me. And That's what he says in the comics too. Yeah, and so Wonder Woman is in that moment she's really really struggling with the decision because she understands the weight of what it will mean for her to take his life and as she approaches him to do it batman steps in and snaps his neck instead and then explains to her essentially that there is essentially there would be no blowback on me as there would be for you like for her like it's a it's he's already a tarnished soul so he steps in and wow and sort of take, so it's like it's cool to see like that there was a, a version that could have existed many many years ago that was a bit more uh i guess subtle in the way that they're dealing with things but but no, I, I I personally didn't have a problem with with the way that that um, they ended it. Like like they'd showed that she was um, more or less like a god killer previously in her standalone, uh, and I thought it fitted. I didn't it, like it, that either. Yeah, I thought it sort of fit, it, well, and that wasn't Patty Jenkins' original ending. The film that we got for One Woman twenty seventeen either. But it's one of those things. Yeah, like it's it's. I think thematically it fit with the way that they'd set up her character, um, and uh, I. I I yeah. liked the visuals, I guess is the way to put it. Like it was, it was nice to see that character uh, get a definitive end, so that we could get an understanding of like Darkseid is specifically going to be the, the focus uh, at this point and his armada moving forward, if it is so to happen. Um, but yeah, no, I, I thought it was it was a cool little way to to sort of uh, show that the team had come together and that um, you know. Ben Affleck, or Ben Affleck, Bruce Wayne had made the right decision to to bring the Ben team. Affleck himself. Yeah, Ben was specifically Ben Affleck um, had had made the right decision to to bring the team together and and you know he was he was right in thinking that that this is what they needed to do to to win. So it was like a small victory I feel for Bruce Wayne as well to to see that villain fall in that manner. Yeah, because uh, because Aquaman you know stabs him with the with the trident first, yeah. and then Wonder Woman you know finishes the yeah. job after well, and, uh, Superman. And there's a there's a few little like cool little beats lasering off his yeah, ear. There's a, there's a cool little <laughs> uh, a few little character beats throughout, um, specifically with with Wonder Woman Aquaman where they do have to like team up, and I felt that was like a really nice little touch because they did make they did make a point of bringing up that that um, Amazons and Atlanteans had been at war and had nothing to do with one another for millennia uh so to see them be come together and play a huge part in come the, together in, 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 yeah um the, yeah to, to play like a big part in 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 ending steppenwolf um i thought that was really cool i i, I really enjoyed that i i see i see what you're saying though trisha it'd be like if there was like a phantom zone projector over here and man of steel and instagram's like well yeah. i could throw him through the portal or we just kill him or i could snap his <laughs> so neck I, yeah, it's. I mean, like I said, the the thing with like Man of Steel and Zod is like the Phantom Zone is not there. There is no other option. This is Zod. You're there's. You're not going to pacify this guy who's had you know, you know who just who is better than you. So this is what you're going to do. But but in this case, like there was, she didn't have to do it, and it just doesn't sit well with me. And the end of Wonder Woman didn't sit well with me either because there's there's a lot of murdering. I mean, and I realize in the comics she also kills Ares, but then she becomes Ares. So, and that yes, doesn't happen yes. in the movies. So, yeah, there's, I have a lot of issues with the, that specific part of the climactic battle. There are other things that I really like. Uh, Wonder Woman being the tank of the team is one of them. Like, literally doing the things that I do when I play D&D, which is like, hey, over here, hit me, hit me, not them, me. 
um, you know, is is the stuff that, that I really enjoyed about her. And up until that moment, it was literally like I was here and that happened. I was like, oof, OK. I didn't have a problem with the the beheading at the end um, uh, so much as the exclamation point on the whole the whole thing. Like, uh, but that said, um, on my re rewatch of Justice League today in preparation from this, I so Wonder Woman is my favorite of the DCU movies. Um, so I kind of uh, focused more on those scenes in both Joss Whedon's and Zack Snyder's Justice League. And in her introduction scene where she's protecting the the visitors and the kids. Um, I was struck by how violent she is in that scene in Zack's uh, movie, Zack Snyder's movie, not Zack Moore's movie, which will be way oh, better. Man. <laughs> no, in um, Zack Moore's movie, she's actually way more violent. It's really upsetting, actually. But, you know, if you watch, and I actually slowed down and did some freeze frames and, uh, you know, whatever. But, you know, so she throws a guy and he hits a wall and you go, oh, that's got to hurt. Uh, but there, it's still ambiguous. You know, it's like comic book violence you see all the time. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. Clark Kent in Smallville throws somebody 30 feet and, you know, they, <laughs> they're knocked out, but they're generally okay, you know. But uh, she throws, uh, there's a scene in in that, there's a part in that scene where she she throws a guy she ended up throwing him towards the the bystanders she then he, she's like oh crap i'm gonna hit somebody she grabs him and throws him again another 180 degrees to the wall behind him and the scene continues but i said wait a minute and you go look and there is a blood brain splatter on the wall behind and you see it later in the scene and i'm like wow that is you know that would be disturbing for those children there you know because that uh, and, can i be like you one day <laughs> yeah. and also murder, murder a bunch people. of people right so uh, you know that was badass <laughs> as far as like no consequences for for Steppenwolf, I'm, you know, if she's a, a warrior and in the midst of battle, heat of whatever, you know, I, I could rationalize not stopping to say, okay, well, you're beaten, so whatever. Um, but dealing with, uh, you know, what you're doing in front of children and, and whatever, if we're saying, well, okay, she's got this bloodlust, um, she gets in the warrior mode and, you know, all bets are off. That's uh, okay. Again, if you're consistent, it's not what I would prefer by any stretch, but um, the problem I have with the consistency thing is I see Superman as largely being the, the conscious and heart of the Justice League when we're talking like all versions, whatever. Um, you know, Wonder Woman is has been characterized as the warrior. You know, she is always wanting to go in, fight the battle, and you know, as perfectly capable. But a lot of times, you rely on Clark's conscience to 
to kind of set the bar and that creates some conflicts between the two characters in some versions of the storytelling there. Um, but in this, she is both the bloodthirsty warrior and she's playing the role of the, the heart of the team and conscience mm. of the team. So, um, and again, you know, you, you can be both things, but it, to me, it just seemed more to work better when Superman is the heart and, you know, she is the tank. I dig it. Um, speaking of <laughs> look at that segue, I just created for myself, you know, Aquaman, I think is the, is pretty much mostly, I mean, I, the same either version, there are some discontinuities between the Aquaman, like Amber Heard having an English accent, for example, that was very surprising. Uh, but I like this Mara better than the one in Aquaman. Uh, she feels more authentically Atlantean, whatever that means. Um, do you know a lot of fish people? <laughs> uh, uh, I can point you the way to Atlantis, <laughs> but, uh, uh, I, I don't know. There's just something more regal about her, right? Being a being a princess, right? Uh, so, and then the, the extra scenes with Volko that was interesting. Uh, I don't uh, again. The, I felt like the Justice League theatrical didn't even match up with Aquaman as far as like what was going on. So this was like okay, fine, sure, whatever. You know, so just thinking about the final battle and everybody's role and stuff like like I think the the main two characters that obviously this version really elevated. Um, we're cyborg. Everybody's talking very much about that. We all know why Ray Richter was so upset now, right? <laughs> you see the movie. Um, and then The Flash. And, you know, if anybody has any thoughts on either of those, I'll just say, like, I, I think cyborg's powers are very hard to um, uh, visualize and articulate. And I think this did a very creative job doing that. I didn't really need to see that the stock market statues fight each other. That was a little weird. <laughs> but, yeah. you know, all the, the, the accounts and stuff, that was interesting. I forgot um, that but, happened uh, for a second. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, the Flash, though, right? I think that Cyborg went from, I think he was, an, I, and I liked The Flash and Cyborg, and that surprisingly so in the theatrical version, even came out, I was saying, you know what? I liked those characters. I didn't expect to, right? But we had just scratched the surface, right? Cyborg obviously was the heart of the movie, as Zack Snyder had always said, and he wasn't kidding, right? Uh, so that emotional, he's the emotional core of the movie. Um, so I think he went he went from like being just a supporting character who helped out with technical stuff to like the heart and soul of the movie. The Flash went from a joke to the savior of the universe, right? So it's like, what a what a quantum leap forward with that. Maybe not, maybe not, Trisha. Maybe you, not. You just crossed not. like five different fandoms in that one sentence. <laughs> <laughs> there was like Flash Gordon and DC and other. That's okay. true. Flash. <laughs> um, no, I mean, I, I, savior, lo <laughs> I like this version of the Flash. I like Ezra Miller. Um, you know, I, I like this version of Barry Allen. I I don't like the stuff that was added in the film because I don't think it pays off um, in the way that I think was was hoped for or intended. Um, a lot of my a lot of my trouble with this with this version of the Flash, or at least with what we're presented with, is like so like the 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 Flash introduction, um, which I think Ryan talked about earlier. Uh, could be lifted entirely out of this film and not lose anything, which is why it was lifted out of the theatrical cut <laughs> of the movie. Um, you know, as much as I was so game to have Kiersey Clemens, Iris West back in this film, she has no lines and they do not name the character. Right. That was surprising to me. I thought they would establish this character better. Right. So like it, it was cute. Like it was very cute, but that's the opening to the flash movie. That is not a scene in justice league. 
Um, and it, I don't think it humanizes this character because you don't know who the hell this girl is and you don't really know a lot about what's going on and, and you get enough of that with the scenes with his dad, which I'm very bummed that they they recast Billy Crudup because I really did like him as, um, Same. as Henry yeah. Allen. But, but I also think that you can lift out a lot of that stuff too just because like the the emotional payoff of the Flash stuff at the end where it's like, you know, dad, you'll understand that your your kid was one of the heroes, blah, blah, blah. Is like, I don't, I haven't sat with this character long enough for any of this emotional stuff to feel earned. Um, in the same way that just to, you know, jump fandoms and, and go over to the MCU, just just like my main issue with uh, like Avengers Endgame was that all of the, the emotional core of this film rides on Gamora, a character that we did not give a shit about up until that point. There, there's no setup for it. So that was where I started to feel while watching the movie that like, wow, I really wish they would have done a Flash movie first. Um, you know, if you're gonna make Flash one of the emotional like payoffs of the film, I really wish there was a Flash movie. Otherwise, don't give him this big emotional moment that I'm not connecting with because I don't, I haven't spent time with him. I haven't spent enough time with this character other than spending time with the character in the comics and having watched the TV show to know that like, oh yeah, this relationship with his dad is important. And this, you know, thing about him is important. I was fine with him just being the kid that, you know, is plucked out of this, you know, obscurity because, hey, you've got superpowers and like, I need literally anyone, no one is joining my team. Um, <laughs> please help you apparently hang out in this garage. Um, you know, and I and I thought him being the the humor was fine. Um, I, like, I, I didn't have any issue with the role that he played in Justice League, especially because it also had, you know, as we already talked about, that just save one element to his like insecurity mm -hmm. was like, oh, I don't know if I'm a hero because I'm just a kid who can run real fast. Um, and then, you know, the just save one and oh, now I feel like a hero. So now I can go off and be in my own movie and actually be a hero and meet the girl. Um, but <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but I didn't feel like that paid off, whereas the cyborg stuff was excellent. I didn't love the the monologue version of introducing him to his powers. I thought that was at, there were several moments in this film where I feel like they just explained the plot to me where I that I I felt like, you know, movies are show don't tell. And wow, if we had actually shown all of this stuff, it probably would have been a seven hour movie. Um, but but I do wish that we had had a little bit more of that, especially with Cyborg. And I think in cutting out a lot of the fluff. You could have made, I, I I wish, you know, at the end of the film, especially with the way that they pay off the cyborg stuff at the end, like really, really well, I thought, um, you know, with the two fathers thing, um, is, uh, you know, with all of that stuff, I wish that they had made cyborg the framing device of the movie rather than having four different ones kind of like it felt like a very different mm. movie several different times like on the one hand it was a batman movie and for about five minutes it was a flash movie and you know there were these huge chunks that were a cyborg movie and it was a justice league movie and there was kind of this weird superman sequel in the middle and also the last 20 minutes of a different movie so like <laughs> there was all this other stuff and I, I i so wish that they had just simplified it and made it it's cyborg as the driving plot device throughout the whole thing because he's got the mother box. Like he is this, you know, this big portion of this film. If they had just framed it around him, I think it would have felt so much more cohesive because 
all that cyborg stuff was so good, but it gets lost in just everything else. And I've forgotten that scene happened 20 minutes later when I had you know spent <laughs> time with all these other characters. So I really love the cyborg stuff. And if Zack Snyder is going to make another DCEU movie, give him a cyborg movie, you know, give Ray Fisher so much money to get, you know, past all of his issues with Warner and just, you know, yeah. make this this character that he obviously really cares about. I agree with everything you're saying there, especially about Cyborg. And, uh, you know, I think to, to, to speak on this and I'll we'll t- pass over to Ryan, but I, I think that's a prevalent problem in all these movies is they're like, well, you know who Batman is, right? And Superman. And do you guys watch that Flash show? OK, well, here you go. Like, like they 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 base they they, they don't uh, do enough uh, building up of, of these versions of these characters to get attached to you. You are attached to the characters as as you know them from pop culture and other media. But these specific versions, you never make that connection to. Right. And I think that's why all of us are like, oh, the Superman, you know, you're kind of like it's a question mark to you. So uh, but Ryan, what are your thoughts on all that, man? Yeah, no, I, I agree for the most part with Trisha. I think uh, Cyborg definitely should have been used as a framing device, and I think there's a way they could still uh, potentially do that. Um, the ultimate if, edition. If, yeah, if they were to do, like, yeah, some sort of, like a, like a, a an actual theatrical version. Because, I mean, and this is the thing, like, it's, it's we've, we've all talked about, like, and it's sort of become the butt of jokes online for a lot of time, like, oh, it's a four hours, it goes to four hours, four hours. Um, but there's a there's a reason that it doesn't exist in a theatrical format, uh, and it's it obviously all boils down to like HBO needing um, a, a draw card for HBO Max, and and um, the way that content in particular streams, you know, in this day and age, it's not unheard of for someone to sit down and watch you know three and a half, four, four and a half, five hours of television in one night these days. Um, you know, we we sort of see people actively attacking like Disney and Netflix and stuff like I can't believe you didn't drop the entire season for me to binge watch tonight <laughs> seven hours of the content the length of it is not something that I can sort of pinpoint as a specific issue that I personally have but um, especially in that they went in and, and, and smartly created parts or chapters for people to so like when I watched it with my wife we went through and watched up until the end of part four and then called it a night and came back to it the next night as like a just another two-hour episode of TV is the same as if we were watching like an, M- an MCU series of films or something. Did anyone, just out of curiosity, did anyone watch it start to finish, like in one sitting? Other than the five minutes I took to go to the bathroom and like sit and just collect my thoughts. Okay, yeah, because we I watched it with a group and we, we watched the first three parts and then we took a break and like had pizza <laughs> to get it the breather and then we finished the last three. So because theoretically they would have, right when they first talked about it, they were going to be like, we're going to release it in six parts over six weeks yeah, and did. make you be subscribed for more than one month. I but... thought it was going to be four parts, but yeah. Yeah, something like that. I just, so, that's anyway, just what I, what I vaguely remember. Um, Tom, <laughs> did you have something you were going to say? Sure. <laughs> no, I just, I the... just, no, I just meant, I just meant you look like you were going to jump in and then we just started talking about how we felt about it being four hours long and sitting. Oh, and if I did. In one I... Sitting. Did you, did you also sit in one sitting? <laughs> I did. Yeah. Yes. Good. <laughs> So did you also take a break or did you like any break or did you just sit and stare at your screen for four hours? I sat and stared at my screen for four oh. hours. Cause wow. <laughs> that's the true test of endurance. <laughs> that's why he is the banner waving fanboy for the DCEU. You have earned your medal, <laughs> sir. No, that's the, that's the gen X in me. I was just too apathetic to get up and do anything else. <laughs> there it is. Great. It's the last kick. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but uh, Ryan, did you have anything else to say on there? If not, I'll toss over to Tom, but. 
just just for in, in the sense of yeah, like I I agree for the most part with what Trisha is saying um, about the, like the characterization and and like regard you know it, it is a four movie and it's it's a four hour movie and it's very long and we do get to spend uh, some time with these characters but definitely not enough to to have you know fully realized. Um, you know, characters with a lot of depth to them. Maybe I think Aquaman's probably on the lesser end, I guess, of characterization. Yeah. Um, but keeping in mind, obviously, that he, his movie was l- supposed to literally follow directly after. Um, so I, I guess it was kind of like, yeah, he's a team player and he's he's a bit gruff and with a softer side, and we'll explore that later in his movie. And I guess that was kind of the idea with with Flash as well. But I think, um, yeah, because Flash was supposed to come out the following year, right? Remember that yeah, slate and. and- yeah, and the whole thing was the, the whole thing was specifically for Flash was about the burden of like the power to change time. Mm-hmm. Um, so like that was it was there was there was all these like cool little like the- thematic like through points that they were setting up in in Zack Snyder's Justice League, and it's like uh, Tom said earlier that it's it, it is sort of like a, a dead end film that that unfortunately ends up with all these like dead end through points that don't lead to anything because it's it's. Um, you know, from a from a, I guess a, if canonically speaking, I guess, um, and I, I have to be very careful that the Warner Brothers snipers don't take me out. But the theatrical <laughs> the theatrical cut is the definitive version of the movie for the studio. So, like everything that will come after is directly connected to the Joss Whedon cut of Justice League. So, um, and that's obviously I think that's probably something that we'll talk about later on, or what's going to happen next. But yeah, no, I think the Flash. Uh, I really like what he did, and it was amazing. And I love that that scene, uh, the whole sequence of of, of uh, turning back time. But uh, yeah, it was sort of it didn't have as much weight to it, and especially with his dialogue, um, as it could have if it were, you know, I'm a, the best an actual, dad, an actual <laughs> team up. Yeah. yeah, I was a hero. I was one of them. Like. Um, <laughs> One of those things, like it, yeah, just it just would have had so much more weight to it if if Zack Snyder's Justice League was the culmination of like seven or eight standalone films. Hundred percent. Yeah, we said this the... in our conversation. It's like if this is movie ten, this would be like, oh my god. But it's like, where's the Flash go from here? Like as much as I love yeah. the Flash in, in this, I'm like, well, you know, and, and being Superman in the movie, being you know favorite superhero movie, it's the same ending. It's like, oh no, we got to yeah. reverse time. So haha, people yeah. have been making fun of that for forty years. They did it in this, <laughs> but anyway. Uh, any thoughts then, Tom? Uh, yeah. So, uh, and I'll be quick because we spent a lot of time, and I agree with almost everything everybody else has said so far um uh, all the cyborg stuff was good i I, my only issue with cyborg in both movies is i don't like the design i don't know that it's well done in either case it seems like the the face moves differently than the body does um the compositing is uh, the lighting is different in an occasion and um but you know Again, that's that's a, a minor nit. Um, overall, uh, I like seeing more cyborg in Zack Snyder's version. Uh, as far as Flash goes, I'm not a huge Ezra Miller fan, but I did like him better, I think, in Justice League, um, particularly after rewatching it today. And yeah, he was a little on the jokey side, but again, he was the rookie kid. Um, I, I don't know how he af- afforded uh, <laughs> his 
his flash lair or, or whatever. <laughs> but, but, you know, again, it's just one of those things that you kind of go, eh, whatever. Um, it doesn't really impact everything else. So what I didn't like, and I know I've mentioned this on, on the Twitter is, uh, the Iris scene more because I think it does Iris a disservice. So yeah, she's not a name character. She's almost literally treated as a mannequin. Uh, you know, she gets in her car. Uh, she has the accident. She's thrown from her car. She has zero expression on her face. Uh, if I'm being thrown from my car, I guarantee there, there will be expressiveness <laughs> <laughs> pouring from, from every bit of me, you know, but she's just there to look pretty. Um, I didn't like the invasion of her, her space as, you know, that was brushing odd. of her cheek as it, it just didn't strike me well. Um, but again, it may be one of those things where I'm bringing something that others aren't, or um, maybe a misread on my part. But uh, I, even for time, you know, they could have done away with that. It wouldn't have changed anything in the movie. Mm -hmm. um, but from that point on, I was just kind of like, I don't really know if I like this this guy, this Barry Allen guy, particularly, you know three scenes later, whatever it was where he's, uh, you know, asking if wonder woman likes younger men, you know, it was like, Oh, well, you were ostensibly just, you know, locking eyes with the love of your life that, you know, and now, you know, yeah, I get that. Oh, Hey, she's an attractive woman, blah, blah, blah. But maybe we didn't really need to verbalize that. You know, I, I don't know. I, I, I actually think I like the Justice League version of hmm. The Flash a little bit better. Less is more for you as far as he's concerned. So, yeah. Gotcha. Well, talked about a lot of stuff here. Uh, I think the next logical thing to discuss would be the nightmare sequences, which I was never a fan of and continue to not be a fan of. And it's amazing to me that this is what they chose to do with the extra time and money they had. I understand it's supposed to be a hook for a feature movie, but, you know, everybody who's heard me talk on here is like, I am so over evil Superman, right? But it's like, let's hit that evil Superman button, right? And it's like, you did it again. <laughs> like, it's like, I can't believe it. Like, it's the thing, right? We're talking about editing, right? BVS. Oh, we have to cut out some time to fit a theatrical slot. Here's what you do, my friends. You cut out the nightmare sequence. I know it looked really cool, and I know all the promos were like, it's Batman v Superman, and it's like evil Superman. He's ripping off Batman's mask. Be like, what does it mean? And it meant nothing, unfortunately. And you could have, it's so easy. You could cut out the flash appearing in the Batcave and that, that nightmare sequence and didn't send ADR with Ben Affleck about why he has to assemble a team, and you didn't even need it. And, and I was, you know, honestly, I was hoping that the reshoots here would kind of tie all that together and it would make more sense like maybe we'd see the flash go back in time here or something i don't know right but they don't and <laughs> I, I hey the, the one thing i'll say about it is i guess it's cool to see ben affleck and jared leto have a scene together as batman and the joker as someone who doesn't like jared leto's joker i was like this is probably his best scene i don't know um but i'm not a fan of this i'm not interested in, like as much as i would like to see more of these characters and stuff continue on this universe i'm not interested in nightmare the movie with evil superman versus 
the Justice League. It's like, okay, we had our little sequence where he fought them when he was zombie back from the dead, right? Confused. That's fine. That's all we need. We don't need evil Superman <laughs> again. Uh, so that's 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 where I stand on it. What about you, Ryan? Yeah, I agree, a hundred percent. Like we've uh, uh, Trisha brought up uh, before about uh, Zach specifically, like not not really showing that he himself is innately a Superman fan, and I feel as though the longer his series of films has gone on, he's gone further and further away from making sequels to a Superman movie and just turning it into Batman with like some other characters. <laughs> and so like uh, Man of Steel for me, I was like I was like okay, I can dig it like it's it's darker than I would have liked and there's you know there's a lot of lore there with Krypton and like the universe is built out and then it's kind of like okay, well we're going to introduce Batman in the next film. So logically it, it might be cool for us to have a little easter egg like where we see, you know, the 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 Wayne logo on a satellite or whatever it was that they used in in, in Man of Steel. And then BVS came out, and specifically the theatrical cut, like, that's just a Batman movie that has a little bit of Superman in it. Like, um, it was pretty clear that the studio was like, no, 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 like, Batman is the hook. Batman is always going to be the hook. Um, and then the ultimate cut came out, and I was like, this is going to fix a lot of the problems. Uh, and uh, it did for the most part. There was a lot more Clark in that cut, but it still feel, feels like a Batman movie with Superman in it. Uh, and then, you know, this this trilogy ender that's supposed to have you know ended with uh, started with man of steel has superman in it for like 10 minutes so like and then my understanding is that the the fourth film that he was to make was for the most part was set in the nighttime uh, nightmare sequence so it was it was you know the the dregs of the league that we saw at the end of of um zack snyder's justice league uh, who had f- lost to dark side's armada um, Lois had died. Superman had succumbed to the anti-life equation, and it was it was this you know this big wartime thing on a on a desolate planet. Um, and and again, Superman was just the big bad. And I and I'm like, man, I'm so over that. Like I've it, it's I've it's there's been years of comics and like even Tom Taylor, like who started the whole Injustice run, he's sick of talking about it. Like <laughs> he can tell, like he's like he's like stop trying to blame me for Zack Snyder's characterization of Superman. Um, <laughs> You know, we we got it in the comics. It's been you know, there's been blockbuster games made around Injustice. We had like Easter eggs to it in Superman and Lois, where uh, Jordan oh, yeah. Kent's like uh, Superman's like boring, and I'm like, really, you're playing Injustice? Uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's it's just it's one of those things. Like, yeah, I just I just got I just got over it really quickly. Like it 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 was cool and new to see. I think for like years one and two of in, the Injustice comic run, and then I was just like, okay, this is like you're fetishizing it at this point like uh, and i feel like you and i've had this discussion before the way that snyder was showing superman in that light it felt as though like that was his end game he wanted to find a way to make his superman the big bad at some stage and so you know this is like the ultimate version it's like we've we've seen him come back and he has to fight the league and then it's it's you know his, supposedly he's he's back and he's good and he's going to lead this team and then it cuts away from all that. And it's like, well, here's another 15 minutes where the, the team is terrified of him. And they're like, we have to get inside because he's going to find us. So, yeah, you can lift that. Like you said, you can lift that nightmare sequence completely. And it is really interesting to me that, yeah, like you said, this is what they specifically chose to spend their money on. Because it feels as though like this is almost 
Deborah Snyder and Zack Snyder starting their own sort of like fan campaign. I guess it's kind of like they're saying like this is this is the idea. Like if you really like it, you'll you'll uh, you know unionize to, to to take on Warner Brothers <laughs> um, to to try and, and whatever. What's the the is it restore the restore the Snyderverse hashtag restore the Snyderverse or whatever it is at the moment. Um, and it's everywhere. Like it's it's inescapable in every corner of uh you know pop culture and, and the social sphere so um you know i guess it worked i personally don't really like jared leto's joker um is would it be cool to see if they're going to treat it as like an elseworlds thing and it's just like uh, hbo max is like cool we're going to invest 200 million dollars for you know two eight part series or something i'd be like cool let's let's do it like it's you, you tr- i can treat Zack snyder's justice league as an elseworld story because we grew up with comics that did that um and it doesn't need to be a definitive version so um you know i say go for it whatever like there's there's obviously a fandom for it (laughs) just like do it certainly wasn't for me um but i'll watch it yeah i mean i think it took all the air out of the movie at the end because it's like this setup for this other completely different thing like there was yeah. no setup for it but you, you remember the dream and bruce does mention he's like i had a dream right earlier that's the yeah. only kind of Bar- Bar- reason Allen to see right it there. yeah very <laughs> was right there but uh but t- tom what about you man what were your thoughts on the nightmare stuff in uh justice league I- i'm probably put down my dceu banner <laughs> at that point <laughs> <laughs> You know, I talk about consistency. There was no place for it in the movie. You know, you you rip it out, nothing changes. The idea of an evil Superman. See, again, and I don't. I've thought a lot about this, and I don't know if it's an age thing or, uh, you know, background thing or whatever. But, you know, I certainly... I think I'm, I don't know how old Zack Snyder is, but I imagine he's about my age, um, which is a bit older than than you guys are probably. But the, the movies that we had were uh, Christopher Reeves, um, the, the Boy Scout, the, you know, and the comic books at the time were all Superman is, you know, super good. You know, he does no wrong, always does the right thing, whatever. So, you know, sitting around... Uh, with your friends talking about, hey, wouldn't it be interesting if Superman were bad for some reason? And then you get injustice. And I completely agree that, you know, it was probably an interesting idea for a minute. Um, I've, you know, I've read a few of the Injustice comics, and then I went, it's a story. It's not one that I'm partic- find particularly compelling. Uh, so, you know, I haven't. I haven't read them. You know, I played the game a little bit, but again, uh, it, you know, it is what it is. To to stick that in this movie with the idea of making another movie in that universe is is not that interesting. Um, you know, it's it's heavy. It's you know, and I. I don't mind a certain amount of darkness or, you know, people call it dark. I call, you know, maybe a a realism um, that, you know, I want to see these characters that I, you know, like and love. 
what happens when you drop them in quote the real world um it it works differently in the real world than it does in a comic book or a, a tv series or, or whatever you know that's an interesting idea that i don't mind seeing explored but you know that said um it, too real or too too far you know there is a a middle ground that it's just too extreme i guess for me um on top of that at some point you know you talk evil superman you're not talking about superman anymore you're talking about ultraman hmm. um to get nerdy <laughs> uh, you know uh i talked earlier about you tick the boxes you know from krypton blah 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 um but you push that needle too far and you've changed the character and as far as as nightmare goes um in zack snyder's world the other problem i have with it is okay you've got evil superman but you never showed the super good superman <laughs> yeah you know he's he's the strong guy we've established he's the strong guy he's not the heart he's not you know he's a good guy for sure you know he does tries to do the right thing etc but he is the interesting thing about evil superman is when you contrast that with the other end of the extreme and a shift in Zack Snyder's universe of this Superman to evil Superman isn't a huge shift. Yeah, they, they know, literally that makes any the, sense. They literally reuse the same shots. To, right. To, yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. I, I'm not a fan. Um, it certainly could have been cut, and it, I think it, the movie would have been better for it. Yeah, hundred percent. How about you, Trisha? I'm, I'm sure you have some thoughts. Oh my god, I have so many. <laughs> um a lot of uh, some of them have definitely been touched on. I'm I'm going to get super nerdy in the comics and and sort of get into some of the things that that really bother me just about these kinds of stories thematically. Um so you know, cut me off if I start bore you with my lecture, but um but yeah, I mean a lot of what has already been touched on, I agree with. Like I don't I don't like Nightmare. I have to admit that like in preparing to come on, you know, join you guys on the show, I was I was ready to be like the person who was like, okay, I hate Nightmare and please don't kill me. And, you know, like it's it's we're, just we're not Superman. I, we're not gonna kill you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. I appreciate Snap that you are not Superman. <laughs> yeah. Um but like, you know, like I was prepared to be like have to, you know, have to have an argument. I'm actually like I'm surprised and, you know, nicely that I am not in the minority and I'm, in fact we all kind of are in agreement about not really being fans of this universe and I, I haven't been a fan of it you know Zach you mentioned you know since the BBS stuff that you didn't need um, where like the second that came up uh, I was like oh crap he wants to do injustice which in my opinion like yeah I mean I enjoyed the game because I like to hit stuff but in the comics to some degree like there's some good stuff in the comics but it's not the Superman stuff so there's good stuff with like key characters that I really like in the comics but it's not the Superman stuff and um, and I I hate fascist evil superman not just because it's not superman but also because it's it's the opposite of hopeful and it's it it feeds into the things that i don't like about the era of comics that was like the late 1980s um which i think Zack snyder really likes given that he made like he worship seems to worship at the feet of alan moore um 
you know, these, these dark late 1980s comics that were all about like, you know, the launching of the Vertigo imprint and, you know, we're going to make mature comics for grownups. Um, and they're, what that means is they're going to be bloody and horrible, like in terms of, you know, they're going to be about horrible things. And generally speaking, they're going to be about horrible things happening to women and men being sad about it. And what that means is that the men then get violent and, you know, in as much as I hate the way that that turned out in in Watchmen and in um, the comic, the movie too, but mostly the comic, and in, um, you know, The Killing Joke, which is just, is lauded by so many comic fans who I think also translate into fans of Zack Snyder's work and the Longbow Hunters and everything that happens with, you know, with... Oliver Queen and and what they do to Dinah Lance in in that book, uh, you know, all of these, I think it feeds into that same funnel of like, in order to make serious grown-up superhero content, we have to make it dark and serious and violent and we have to do horrible things to women. And in the case of Superman, that means we have to kill Lois Lane and there is no worse thing that you can do to me as a fan than kill Lois Lane. <laughs> there's like there's no worse thing. That's it's the ultimate sin in my book is killing Lois Lane. And and the idea that that Lois's death would then drive Superman to become a giant murder robot. I don't I don't see how that's possible. And that's just it's such a misunderstanding of that character. And to me, it's such a nihilistic idea of superheroes, and especially a superhero like Superman who was supposed to be like, he is the best of us. Like he is who we could be. He, you know, and, and the thing that I think makes Superman interesting is that he is not evil and he does not just go on a murder spree, even though he has these superpowers. So it's, it, it just fed into all of the things that I dislike about those comics and the movies that, that Zack Snyder has made previously and the, the comic book fans that I have dealt with in, you know, in my professional work and especially as an advocate for like Barbara Gordon and as someone who has openly and actively hated on the killing joke over and over and over again, you know, they just fed into all these things I don't like about that fandom. Um, and, and it's just unfortunate. And I, it is the one thing where like, I'm really glad that they're not going to make more of these hopefully because I really don't want to see this manifested again. And, you know, I don't need fascist Superman. I don't need to watch Lois get murdered again. I like, I don't need to watch these things and deal with like, you haven't set Lois up as a character and you're going to, now you're going to murder her as a way entirely as a way to make Superman evil and sad. And that's just, it's just a bummer. And it, it bums me out. Like I, you can, you can make Superman a killer, but please don't, you know, make him a vengeful person because his wife got fridged as pretty much where I come down on it. And I really, really don't like the scene with, um, Batfleck and Joker because Jared Leto's Joker is the biggest mistake of the entire DCEU. <laughs> he just sounds like Jim Carrey. That's he's so he's like this it's like they tried to have um gangster Joker from, you know, the original Batman and also uh Ledger Joker from, you know, the the Nolan films and 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 they just like they tried to mush them all into a blender and they got whatever that was. <laughs> <laughs> and then they made him grow his hair out. I mean, he has that hair. But I also think that was a wig. I like it's. I do, I don't think they made him do anything. I just think in terms of the character, like they made the character grow his hair out and look weirder, 
and lose all of his tattoos and <laughs> well that the, losing the tattoos was a good call i so. mean i agree but but as someone as someone who doesn't like the Jared joker Ugh. either i think well. this is probably his best scene i guess but again like i mean judging by default, against what <laughs> yeah exactly. right. i did yeah i didn't mind the jared leto joker um there wasn't a lot of them for one thing i think <laughs> which was a blessing um uh, because that that character was a lot, you know, so there have been a lot of Jokers, you know, if there's been recently a comic book where, you know, you've got three Jokers, different Jokers represented. So, you know, this is just another one. And I was I was satisfied with what we got. You know, the scene in here was, again, brief. It was what it was. It, you know, if he was a primary character in these movies, I would probably wouldn't appreciate it. Um, but thankfully, that's that's not and probably won't be so. Yeah, it's it's tough because like I, I, I have I have uh, done a restore the Snyderverse hashtag every now and then. Uh, but like it's, it's because I don't I don't want to see <laughs> this. I, I want to see like more Ben Affleck's Batman. All right. I want to see more of certain aspects of this universe. So I'm very torn because I would love to see that Batfleck movie with uh, Deathstroke. Right. I would love to see that. And that's kind of what I want. So, but it's like, do we have to, is it all or nothing? Can I, Yeah, <laughs> it's just, it's tough. I think for me, the, the Restore the Snyderverse thing, I mean, first of all, again, it's that part of the fandom that is harassing people all the time and setting up bots that are just like responding to like the Warner, like an HBO Max tweeting about, you know, stop Asian hate. And then it's just just a sea of Restore the Snyderverse comments. Right. Like, that's not helping anyone. That's making you look like a jerk. And, um, Absolutely. And, like, like all, but, but then it's also the direct harassment that, like, myself and other people have experienced where people just search the hashtag to yell at you about your opinion. And, you know, you are wrong. This is the best movie of all time. And I'm just like, you can have a nuanced <laughs> opinion about this. I don't care if you like right. it. But for me, the in terms of like the Snyder verse, I am down. Like I said, I I would love to watch his cyborg movie. I'd like to see what that looks like. You know, I I like Batfleck. Um, you know, I'd like to see more of that. I will cast Jared Leto's Joker and Jesse Eisenberg's Lex Luthor into the sea and <laughs> let Aquaman deal with Although them. again, th- this movie gave us our best Jesse Eisenberg Lex Luthor scene. <laughs> Because he barely talks. Um, And he doesn't weirdly put a Jolly Rancher in someone's mouth. Um, (laughs) All true. All true. uh, But but at the same time, like, like I would, I would happily take those, but I just don't want Zack Snyder running the universe, like running the DC universe. He he would, he should never been put in that position. You know I mean? He's not, he's, he's a director, right? Let him tell his stories for his movies, but don't let that, be all the movies you know and i think that's that's kind of like wb is is always searching for you know the marvel comparison always searching for a kevin feige and they can't seem to figure that out um but so yeah i know i i agree with you there are elements of this universe i would love to see continue others i wouldn't like i used to joke and say like well you know superman's kind of my least favorite part of this so just leave him dead it's fine right but now i'm like no i'm serious like i I don't want you to do any more stuff if you're going to give us evil superman who's going to to slaughter all the rest of the people who who have survived the apocalypse like that's not what i want to see uh and i think you know I'm, i'm glad we're all on the same page on that so yeah (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <laughs> which 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 group e- hug e- e- you know and th- this can kind of meld into kind of as we wrap up here i uh 
you you have the nightmare stuff, but they also the reshot things were the Martian Manhunter things. We we talked briefly about the Bruce Wayne stuff at the very beginning of our conversation. I, I heard about this when it first, obviously when they Snyder released the storyboards, and I was I was skeptical because I'm like, well, this is a retcon because this character was not Martian Manhunter, <laughs> you know, in the last two times we saw him, and um, that was confirmed because that was you know he's like I never. I didn't know I was this character. I actually, I, I like the actor, you know, from the Matrix. He's from the Blacklist and stuff. And, and if, and I said this before, like if there was a short list of people to cast Martian Manhunter, I'm like, oh yeah, he would actually be a good casting. But it's a retcon for one and two. The way he was incorporated in this movie was terrible, mm-hmm. terrible. I didn't like it. I didn't like it. it. It undercut a great Martha Lois scene where he was saying things that Martha could have said, uh, but then he turned into Martian Manhunter in the hallway, and that was odd. And then. The, the tease at the end with Bruce Wayne, like, clearly was written for another character. It was written for Green Lantern. We all know this, right? So maybe that's why I'm in, in my back of my mind watching it. But then at the end, where he's like, I am also being called the Martian Manhunter. And he flies off. I'm like, is this supposed to mean something to me? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I, obviously, it does to us because we know the comics. But, but Ryan, Ryan, where do you fall down on this, man? Where, where do you think of Martian Manhunter's inclusion in this movie? Yeah, I think I think it's obviously it's it's more of an afterthought than anything. And it's it's sort of one of those, like, uh, retroactively you know, retroactive opportunities to, to build out the lore of a universe and and like again with it like a Marvel comparison I've seen them them try and, and do it with like the little kid in Iron Man 2 that wears the Iron Man mask and they now try and pretend that that's Peter Parker and blah 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 and whatever and and like contractually literally impossible for that to have been Spider-Man but um, <laughs> it's 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 just one of those things like it's just uh, you know anyway but uh, he saw it as an opportunity and was like, you know what? I'm just gonna throw everything at the at the wall, and whatever sticks sticks, and whatever doesn't, fine. Like if it happens, it happens. If it doesn't, it doesn't. So, I personally think it would have been fantastic for it to close with an interaction with a lantern, um, because that to me that to me is a more important expansion than to just have the inclusion of like one sole survivor of Mars without any context. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know. I, I I do I do really like that scene. I I do like the interaction, and I do, uh, uh, you know, the the call me Martian Manhunter thing aside. Um, <laughs> when he does fly away, when he does fly away, you can see the Hall of Justice being built in the background. So like it's it it, it is ending on like a very, uh, it's it's low key and it's subtle, and you really need to look for it. Um, but there is a it, it is a hopeful ending. You can you can just see um, the Hall of Justice in the background being built in instead of Wayne Manor. So um, I liked it. And in, in in that respect, I you know the I guess the hashtag restore the Snyderverse stuff. There there is de- like with you, there's definitely elements that I want to see continued. Um, and I would like to uh, you know it, I would hope that if he if he were to uh, be given a chance to make a, a follow up to this. That he doesn't follow through and do the nightmare stuff, um, and that it, that it is just you know them versus a, a united front of Justice League versus Darkseid's Armada, and they don't lose, and there's some huge big alternate universe stuff. Um, but having just watched you know four hours of Zack Snyder's Justice League, I would say that that's probably not the case. So, um, <laughs> well, it's like if they would just keep it. <sighs> Is flashes to a future we're avoiding, right? Yeah. If I knew that's all it was going to be, like like Heroes, right? Heroes Season 1. Yeah. You have all these flashes to this feature, which are really cool, and you get little bits and pieces, and then the objective is to keep that from happening. Yeah. Th- yeah. That's fine. 100%. But, 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 but knowing that the, they want to give us a whole movie of that is the yeah. problem. So yeah. anyway. Yeah. No, I agree, I agree 100%. Um, but Trisha, Martian Manhunter, are you a big fan? 
I mean, I like Martian Manhunter. I think they've done great things with him in Supergirl. But yeah, I, I mean, he wasn't supposed to be that character. The So there was a thing going around Twitter before I saw it where they were like, oh, there's this great scene with Lois and Martha. And then I sat down and watched the movie and that scene happened. And I was like, well, this is fine. I don't think it needs to be here. I don't like what they're doing with Lois in this movie. So I just wasn't a fan of it in general, but it was a nice interaction at least. Um, you know, and I like to see two women in a movie talking, though it doesn't pass the Bechdel test. Um, but <laughs> unfortunately, yeah, unfortunately, because they are talking about a dead guy. But then she walks out of the room and it's not actually Martha. And I'm like, you can't tell me that this is an interaction between Lois and Martha and it's not Martha. And it's just, I was just like, OK, I guess. And I, I think my like I have a tweet that is like that moment that I saw it, which is just all caps of me going, wait, what? Yes. And then it's it's just too much stuff. It's all this extra stuff. And I can imagine like being in a theater and, you know, there's going to be that guy behind you. Like when I saw BBS and The Flash showed up where someone was like, wait, was that Iron Man? Um, <laughs> literally, someone said that. And I was just like, see, I know what it was, but it doesn't make sense to anybody who doesn't read the comics. And I think that's fine, you know, as like a, as like a teaser, as a thing that, you know, drops in at the end when you know there's going to be more movies, but we don't know there's going to be more movies. And, and at the end of it, it just annoyed me because the movie is so long. And why are you adding more stuff I don't need to be here for? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so it was just it was one of those things where I was like, oh, I guess that's here now. But I do like the actor. And, you know, if they want to go make a Martian Manhunter movie, more power to him. I would like for him to step into, like, the starring role at some point, because he's always this shape-shifting supporting character in these Superman properties. <laughs> and I just <laughs> like to see <laughs> Let's make a Justice Society movie that it actually it goes back to being Martian Manhunter and the Green, the Green Arrow, and that's it. <laughs> what about you, Tom? What were your thoughts on uh, Martha Manhunter, as oh, we started yeah. to call him here? <laughs> Martha Manhunter. Yeah, hated it. I, you know. <laughs> Can we go back to calling it the Justice uh, <laughs> There it is. <laughs> Jump on the bandwagon. No, I like I like Martian Manhunter. Um, I think the ending would have been fine if it was handled, um, you know, like it uh, where they had Nick Fury show up in the post-credit scene, um, you know, to tease the future Marvel uh, Avengers movies. You know that that would have worked out well. Um, he could have got the character in and, uh, you know, uh, but to, to pre tease him with, you know, I, what even was the purpose of showing up in Lois's apartment as Martha, you know, uh, the message I think was that Lois is so important, just as important as Superman, which, you know, as a character, yeah, I agree. But you should also treat her with respect then throughout this movie, you know. Um so for that kind of setup and then they, you know, a second later they just rip the carpet out right out from under us and go, "Ha, it wasn't really Martha." Um it was this other character who we've never seen before. Uh we don't know why. It was it was just nonsensical. I want to know if, if did Lois and Martha did Lois and Martha ever have that conversation ever or were they like hey remember we talked you know, about what happens that? when <laughs> it's like no we didn't when Martha's <laughs> living on the streets of Metropolis comes across Lois and says Lois says hey I told you you could stay here whenever you wanted and you know 
Martha's like, we never had that conversation. What are you talking about? You know, <laughs> and, and the imp- the implications are like, wait, is is it is it Martha at the end with with Clark, or is it Martha Manhunter with Clark in the field? Like, I mean, seriously, like, I mean, yeah, I know we, we I understand that we're it's he's supposed to be impersonating her that one you don't scene, know. but like, you don't know that question. Right, you know, it, you know yeah. it's planted in your it's mind. Bizarre. You don't. Anytime Martha shows up, you're going, mm. is it Martha? Has <sighs> Manhunter always been Martha? Yeah. And, and, you know, why wouldn't he have just introduced himself as John Jones, too, at the end? You know? Yeah. I, I mean, the last one, oh, like, yeah. Supergirl season one did it so well. Uh, the I, last I think. son of Mars. Yeah. Yeah, Supergirl season one did do it extremely well. Um, and 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 I love the what they've done with the character since. And but I but I also think Smallville did it really well. Um, and they did essentially that bookend thing where he just sort of shows up. <laughs> saves like saves the day in a sense and then is like hi yes i'm the martian manhunter i'm gonna go away now yeah <laughs> um and then you know comes back later and is is more involved in so i agree very much with that that sentiment you know and there have been characterizations of martian manhunter where he is as powerful as superman um unless you've got a zippo and then <laughs> yeah <laughs> <Or some Oreos. laughs> right so, you know, then you ask, well, where were you during this battle? You know, we didn't need to resurrect Superman. You just needed to get off your Martian butt and join the fight. All right. You obviously know what's going on because, you know, anyway. Yeah, as I've said on Twitter, Smallville and, and the DCEU have the same problem with Martian Manhunter letting Superman fight Zod, Doomsday, and Darkseid all by himself. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. uh, but but yeah, that, that one-two punch at the end of the movie is like the weakest thing to me. Like, I think, you know, I, I really enjoy this movie. It's my favorite of the DCEU, but I'm like, wow, way to take all the air out of the room with these. This is your, this is, this is the last the, the last taste, right, is is this boom, boom. And, and and then knowing that they went out of the way to add this to it when the movie would have been better without it, it's just so mind-boggling. But but that's the story of Justice League, I guess, mm-hmm. all the way back to 2017. Let's add all this stuff that makes it worse. It'll be great. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, guys, any other odds and ends you want to mention as we as we kind of wrap up here? And then, I mean, we've talked, we've got a lot of ground, but it's a four-hour movie, and I know we can't mention it all. But if you think you were like, oh, I really wanted to mention that in our conversation. Some of the nonsensical scripting um, choices. So, you know, in your your previous episode with uh, Matt and Lauren and, and whatever. Uh, Kevin Lance, yes. We Kevin love Lance. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. <laughs> Those other guys, whatever. Um, Whoever. The uh, Lois and Clark um, were in, in Justice League. You know, she says... <laughs> I only do it because Trisha reacts every time. <laughs> it's just uh, so crazy. It's not as bad as Martha Manhunter, though. You can say it all you want. <laughs> nice. Um, you know, uh, what was the line where she tells Clark he smells good and he says, did, did I, I not, not smell before? good before? Yeah. Or did I not before? Whereas uh, in the the Snyder cut, the line was something that you, made yeah, more you sense. Spoke, so. You spoke. You spoke. Yes, that's it. And you know, there were other occasions, like um, in the Wonder Woman scene, the the bad guy. You know, after she stops all the bullets, uh, he says, "I don't believe it. What are you?" And she replies, "A believer." Well, believer. I, what what does that even mean? But in the Justice, in Zack Snyder's version, the bad guy says, "I don't believe it." And she just says, believe it. That makes then, so much more sense. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a little thing, you know, it doesn't, you know, change my, it, 
doesn't change the, the weight on anything, but there are like lots of little tweaks like that. And particularly the thing with, you know, Ray Fisher and uh, all of the other changes, now that you've get to see both and you get to compare both versions, you really start to question the why, like why Joss Whedon did you make this choice? You know, why did, is this word different than this other, you know, it's just, it's bizarre. And I, I find it interesting, but not in the grand scheme of things, it's not a huge deal, but it just makes me wonder what was going through people's minds, whether it was Joss Whedon's or Warner brothers or, or, or whatever. I'd like to be a fly on the wall during those conversations where they go, well, we need to ADR Lois saying something about how he smells, you know, you know, what was wrong with the original. Well, yeah, I mean, as, as much as we were making fun of that Martha Lois scene, it's, it's, Still better than what we got in the theatric version. Yeah, thirstiest woman. <laughs> <sighs> anyway, <laughs> thoughts, Trisha? Um, yeah, I, I actually had a, a few thoughts to you know to jump off a little bit of what um, of what he was just saying. There, so there are three things that I think I'd mentioned, but I'm not going to monologue as much as I have been for the last hour and a half or whatever, however long we've been talking, um, is, you know, so the, one of the things that I, I'm going to say things that I really liked about this version, two things I really liked and one thing that frustrates me. So one of the things I really liked is finding out, first of all, that one of my favorite, like little bantery scenes from the theatrical cut was actually a Snyder thing, which is the, um, the, so he said no you know, the, the conversation between, between Wonder Woman and, and, and Batman in the lair, because that scene is, is nice. Like I, I like the chemistry between these two characters. I think that they had a lot, they obviously had a lot of fun. Like that's some interesting casting where like that actually worked out where they can, they can quip at each other and they can, you know, poke fun at each other. I don't know that necessarily we've set up that their relationship is enough that they would poke fun at each other like that, but but I liked it. And and one of the things that I had mentioned, you know, on Twitter was like, I could see these two in these roles sort of rivaling that relationship in the animated universe that I really love um, and that I have a lot of fun with and that I think is a really interesting combination um, of these two characters. So I, I enjoyed finding out that that was, was his thing and that that scene was still in the movie because I thought it was fun. And it was like, it was one of the only moments of like real levity, but it was, it was a nice little character moment. And it was actually character. It was like two people talking to each other about a thing as opposed to being like, here is the giant plan and we must talk. About the plan. <laughs> and the, one of the other things that I liked was, um, was the Amazon stuff. Um, you know, so the, the theatrical cut cuts the Amazon stuff way, way down. And I do think that this version could have cut some of the Amazon stuff down or at least used less slow motion so that it was a little faster, but it adds a lot of stuff with the Amazons so that there is, they do stuff as opposed to like, they look kind of sexy while he's still in the mother box and then we're done as like Hippolyta gets to do things and there is a cost to it. Yes. And like you, you see like the, the, the amount that they are willing to sacrifice to protect the mother box and you get sort of a feeling of the stakes. And I thought, I thought that was excellent. I thought the Amazon stuff was great. I thought it, it actually felt, you know, earned and necessary in a way that I don't think it felt that way in, in the original, um, the original theatrical cut. Um, so I really like that stuff. I do think, like I said, I do think it could have been a little shorter, but 
there was some really good stuff in there and I was really glad to see that. Um, I'll take anything with better Amazon stuff because um, they're awesome. <laughs> the one thing that I'm going to complain about, which I kind of promised that I would complain about on, on this episode yes. is, is that we went a four hour movie with Steppenwolf traveling here and there and no one once said boom to. <laughs> we said the unity with all seriousness about 30 times <laughs> over the course of this film and no one said boom tube and I find that depressing because it's I mean if you're gonna do a movie where your your big villain has to do with apocalypse and has to do with dark side and you're gonna throw Desaad in there mother boxes Shakespearean Sweet, right mother yeah you say mother box I mean at least he didn't spend Seven Wolf didn't spend the movie awkwardly saying mother Man, over and mother, over again mother is calling which was which was so confusing to I think a lot of people who saw the movie including myself and I know a lot of the lore of <laughs> right. New Gods I was just like okay is this his mom i guess i mean he keeps right saying like it. i get we're just all right this this is i have you i'm concerned um but so they said unity over and over and over again and they're talking about apocalypse unfortunately they didn't spell it out so we could see how ridiculously the apocalypse k. is spelled yeah. with the k and the lips but um if you're gonna do new god stuff like embrace the 60s and 70s in this comic book was entirely an acid trip of, of an experience because it's fun and it's interesting and we're going to have to get, you know, you're going to have to deal with that later on. Um, so you might as well embrace it. And also if you're going to travel by boom tube, please let someone say boom tube at least once. I was just, I was really wishing that they were going to do, you know, bring in some of that ridiculousness and not just this one, you know, thing. And, but four hours of movie and no one once said boom to it made fair. Me sad. that was my favorite tweet of your of your thread uh on twitter throw the whole thing out <laughs> any other final thoughts guys odds and ends uh i think i just I'll, I'll jump in for two seconds and just say like for 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 all of the uh discussion that i've done today and, and the the i guess nitpicking for lack of a better way to to put it um i do enjoy this movie overall i i want to end on a positive note reinforced that I, I do really enjoy this movie and, and I was amazed at how quickly uh, the four hours moved um, and and just closing that I, 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 there's a, a lot of really interesting uh, things that are introduced in this particular uh, version that are probably aren't going to be expanded on in future uh, i.e. pregnant Lois Lane uh, and you know what that means for uh, super daddy henry cavill and what that you know what the plan was going to be there uh and and you know the potential for a, a, a romance a romance maybe between batman and wonder woman i don't know there was a, a small little hint there um they touched hands on the to, mouse so cute. yeah it was a little <laughs> cute uh, uh but i also wanted to throw a heap, a heap of praise at um at alfred in this movie i thought alfred uh, in, in this particular movie uh, was exceedingly funny. Mm-hmm. And I thought his interactions with pretty much everyone that he had interactions with uh, was superb. And that's that's I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it there. I, I absolutely loved Alfred in this movie. Uh, and when when Bruce Wayne says this is Alfred, I work for him. That's my favorite line in the entire film. That my, that's up there for me too. I love that the little moment between them. And it, it, it was badass, Alfred. <laughs> so good. Oh man, what about you, Tom? On the letter grade scale, I've already given it a B plus. So, you know, is it the best movie ever? No, you know, not by a long shot. What? Um, <laughs> but, you know. I'm sorry, I, Twitter disagrees with you? Yeah, man. Yeah. You're, Delete your you're account, about to Tom. Get doc- you're about to, about to get doxxed. <laughs> 
that's all right. Um, don't at me, man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I, you know, I, I, but I liked it. I, you know, again, I, uh, you can have different opinions. I think all of us have different opinions overall on this movie and all the other movies in the DCEU and probably a hundred other things. But I, you know, at the end of the day, I think the, uh, the important things in life are, uh, you know, not necessarily the, uh, these movies aren't the hill I'm want, willing to die on. Uh, you know, it's, I, I can watch them once and I can, say not for me, chuck it on the trash heap, whatever. Or I can watch it 50 times because I love it. I There are movies that I have watched 50, 100 times that I know are not good movies, you know, in a technical sense, in a, you know, whatever objective kind of scale you want to put them on. Um, and that's okay, you know. Even if I don't agree with somebody's position on a particular aspect of this movie, um, you know, certainly with with Trisha, Ryan, you know, Zach, I, we've had conversations before where, you know, I've said this to you, um, all the other folk, uh, you know, Lauren, Matt and those other guys. <laughs> which at this point I'm just not going to name them <laughs> and take the heat for it later. No, Kev and Lance and you know, everybody you've got on your show. Uh, the reason I started listening to this podcast was that, you know, you let people have their opinions. You don't say you're wrong. Um, and again, even when I disagree with somebody, I can say that is a great point. Uh, you know, I can't fault your logic there. I can't fault your feelings there, you know, because in the end, that's what it's all about. You know, how do these characters make you feel? So anyway, not so much about the movies, but um, I guess just to the, the group gathered here, I definitely appreciate all the input. And I think while we generally agree on, on most things, even where we differ, um, I, you're you're not wrong. <laughs> not that you need my validation, but yeah, you know, I'm just saying. <laughs> but hey, we all love Smallville, right? We got that going exactly for us. Right. So that's what brings me. That's the unity. Yeah. Praise we'll always the have unity. Smallville. Always hold mother. on to Smallville, yeah. Thank mother. <laughs> Smallville's mother. Uh, <laughs> mother. But no, this this was a great conversation. You know, obviously, you know that's why I'm having so many of these discussions because I mean, you can for a, not only the four hour movie, but the mythology behind everything that brought us to this point. Like, I mean, this is this is going to be talked. I mean, we've joked about it right earlier. It's going to be talked about in film schools about in the in the future. Like, it's crazy that that, that we got here and this exists and just just unpacking all the elements to it. And and to me, just you know, it, it's it's going to be fascinating to see where we go from here and and, and then. Even if even if nothing comes from this, just looking back on this to see how we even got here, because like 
the behind the scenes story of this is just as intricate as the on screen story, if not sometimes more interesting, right? And so that that's what that's what great movies are made of. And and I I, I enjoyed this, and 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 uh, I, I'm very happy to say that I did. Like I I I liked the theatrical enough. And then when this came, and I always knew that well, this one's going to be better. But um, it, for what I was looking for from this, without you know, obviously you know, like Ryan said, but we're doing some nitpicking here and there and having some fun and stuff. But but overall, I, I enjoyed it. It gave me once I have now learned to stop worrying and love. <laughs> the DCEU, right? To, to borrow a title, I can accept what they're going with these characters, and with that in mind, I really did enjoy Zack Snyder's Justice League. So, there you have it. Well, guys, really fun conversation. Like I said, uh, Tom, if people want to find you out there online, where can people find you? They send their browsers to tomg.me. Um, that will. You don't have to worry about spelling my last name. Uh, you don't have to worry about following Zach and. Oh, okay. Seeing me pop (laughs) pop into his, you know, timeline. Um, So anyway, yeah. uh, Otherwise, if you're following any of the always hold on to podcasts, whether it's Arrow or or Smallville, you'll you'll see my artwork uh, pop up. Still, kind of freaks me out every time I see it on the uh, (laughs) on the car uh, display, whatever. But um but yeah that's it thanks tom yeah shout out again to tom for making us some great show artwork i've never looked better than i have well maybe once or twice but i look pretty good in the artwork so thanks tom uh patricia where can people find you um mostly on twitter um and feel free to at me but I will also block you. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at, it's at Trisha Ennis, T-R-I-C-A-E-N-N-I-S. Um, you can find my writing for the most part on uh, Sci-Fi Fangirls. Also my pinned tweet right now is a lot of the archive stuff that I did before we shuttered, unfortunately, late last year. Um, and then, you know, if you follow me on, on Twitter, I will post other, other things that I work on. But for the most part, it's there. And uh, every once in a while, you can find me here. Excellent. And ride, man. So glad you could uh, join the Always Along To family here and jump on for this conversation. Looking forward to have you on again in the future. Where can people find you out there online if they're looking for you? Uh, for the most part, I'm I'm pretty active on uh, Twitter and Instagram, uh, which is just at It's Ryan Unicum. Uh, and if you're more interested in following me for a, a more uh, professional look into what I am up to, uh, I've got a verified Facebook page, uh, page that's just Ryan Unicum. Uh, U-N-I-C-O-M-B and that's mostly where I talk about uh, actual projects whereas Instagram and Twitter is is pretty much just uh, cape stuff and uh, general nonsense day to day So, <laughs> uh, but I also too am, uh, will, will happily use the block button as Trisha says so uh, keep it respective and keep it positive because I, I, I'm a, a big proponent of no negativity zones there's enough negativity in the real world so absolutely um, have fun I do my best to try and keep it, you know, light and a fun escape in this podcast. You know, these the DCEU is just it's such a heavy subject matter that you know we 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 when we do broach it, it's always like, all right, how are we gonna you know how are we gonna approach this? Right, how are we gonna talk about it? So, but it's 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 been a fun conversation with everybody and all the podcasts we've had so far uh, during the, this phenomenon that is Zack Snyder's Justice League. So I, I've really enjoyed everybody's different uh, points of view and insight into everything. And uh, hey, as for me. You can find me on Twitter at MoronZach. That's M-O-O-R-E-O-N-Z-S-E-H. Uh, I do some podcasts over on the United Federation of Podcasts. You can find us on Twitter at UFP Earth. And then uh, for the podcast here, uh, we're always Smallville with one S on Twitter. We're always on Smallville on Facebook. And you can send us an email at alwaysmallville at gmail.com. Once again, with one S. 
Well, that's going to do it. Uh, a nice, long, fun conversation. Not quite as long as last time, but still not quite as long as Zack Snyder's Justice League, and that is the goal. So if we ever cross four hours and two minutes, we know we've gone too far, but we haven't we haven't crossed that line yet, so we're doing all right. But um, uh, we're going to have one more, uh, actually two more, uh, Snyder Cut specials to get everybody's points of view in on, so look forward to that. And uh, that's right, y'all. <laughs> I'm going to ride this train to the end. I'm, I'm slow motioning this coverage as much as the movie has. So, uh, But it's a lot of fun to talk about, and I love getting everybody's different opinions on it. So until next time, always hold on to Smallville and all this other stuff. Always on Smallville is brought to you by listeners like you. Chris Fuchs, Kevante Chillis, Darren Kirscht, Joy Deanberg, JJ Hodges, DJ Dewina, Nathan Rothatcher, Casey Cochran, Nathan McKenzie, Jason Skipper, Steve Rogers, Joe Mikendo, Atif Sheik, Molly Ficarella, John Curcio, Mike Franz, Dylan D'Antonio, Thomas Navin, Andrew Parker, James Lee, Jonathan England, Adam Sullins, Joe Michael, Mark Ids Foppin, Alex Ramsey, Jason Davis, Patrick Bravo, Patricia Carrillo, Jacob Stevenart, Diana Bias, Corey Moore, James Bandini II, Nick Ryan Mendoza, Eddie Bissell, Jim Thomas, Nicholas Fansler, Catherine Caldwell, Will Hunt, Clon Kant, Becca Seifel, Jacob, Mariana Sachi, Tom Gurkey, Nicholas Coso, Erica Flynn, Jared Gibbs, Anthony Anderson, Jasmine McGelly, Keith Falls, Lauren D., and Cody Thomas. Thank you so much to all these patrons, and you too can become a patron by going to patreon.com slash alwaysmallville with one S. Hope to see you there. Dostoevsky! With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.